Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Right. Woo! You're listening to number three in a series of special Star Trek retrospective podcasts. I am your host, Craig DeManda, and join with me this evening, we've got Mr. Daryl Taylor. What's going on, sir? Hello. How's everybody? A.K.A. Captain Bertrand. <laughs> <laughs> also join with me is Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. Beaming aboard. Yes, sir. Beaming aboard. And finally, last but not least, Mr. Jim Dietz. Oh, shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sure we'll there will be no picking on Wesley Crusher. Will no Wheaton pick- is an all-around good person, will. so no, <laughs> I won't. We, we will yeah. not I had to get at least one shut up, Wesley, in before <laughs> we get yeah, the show done now. So. Yeah, uh, well, we'll get to the oh, four man, lights. man, you're going to ruin my... You're, you're spoiling my list, dude. Uh, <laughs> mine, too. I just Dude. said it because I liked it. Back I, up. Back I wasn't off saying that. what the list was. Spoiling my list. So everyone had homework coming to this show. Okay, what we did was yeah. we said, look, bring your top five Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. And as all of us found today, it is very difficult to narrow down a show with so many great episodes to just your top five. Like, I've got, like, five, but then about nine honorable mentions after the five. And it's like... It is very, very difficult. I'm sure when you guys we, found the same thing. When we get to D Space Nine, I'm not going to be able to do it. Like, so, you don't have to give me 10 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, D Space Nine is going to be next, by the way, after this. We're going to do D Space Nine, Voyager. We'll hit the next generation movie somewhere in there, maybe in between. And then, uh, of course, Enterprise, which I know, Chubb, you're looking forward to doing Enterprise as well. <laughs> yep. So it should be fun. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Um,. You know, Next Generation debuted in 1987, and it was a big part, of, frankly, for me, because this was my first exposure to Star Trek, honestly. I was uh, born in 81, so 87, I was about, like, a six or seven years old, and this is where I really got sucked into the world of Star Trek, watching it on television. And then from here, I grew an appreciation, obviously, for the original movies, and then, as we talked about in the past, and I went back and watched the original series. So, But this show, this show is what brought me in to the world of Star Trek. So it holds a very, very special um, part of my heart uh, when it comes to to the Star Trek world. Um, so let's just go through real quick your how you were introduced to the show, and then we'll do kind of a round robin, and we're going to go from our fifth favorite episode all the way up to the first. We've got some special... I, I made some special montage clips for some of our favorite episodes. They're about uh, two minutes long each, and uh, just kind of bringing us back into the moment of some of our favorite episodes. All right, so we'll start with uh, Daryl. How did you get started watching TNG? Did you watch it in 87? Did you catch it later in syndication? What happened? I watched it the first episode. I remember when they announced it, uh, that it was coming, because I had already uh, been a big fan of the original series. So when they announced they were doing a new one, and, I, and they, it said it was coming on, that was I just knew. like that was gonna, I was just going to stay up and, and watch the two-hour uh, premiere. And I did. Farpoint. Oh, yes, I watched it, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best. <laughs> the first season was not the greatest, 
but it was just exciting to have new Trek. And I, you know, can, and we, it, can we agree? It's like it's kind of like Buffy or um, or X Files, like the first season yes. wasn't, wasn't the yep. hottest. And yes, kind yeah. of creature of the week. Okay. But there's a couple right. of gems in there, though. Looking back, though, it's a there couple are. of ones. There right. are because I have a gem. I mean, one of them I picked, but uh, but, but it's they, they were rusty. They were rusty. Yeah, they, they were working out. They were getting it. They were there was a lot of turmoil behind the scenes that we didn't know about until you know years later. But the uh, chaos on the bridge. Who, like, who told me to watch that? Was that Jim or Russ or one of you guys told me to watch that? I don't know. But, you, but if you haven't watched it and you're interested at all in the history of the next generation, yeah. you definitely should. You want to? You really want to? It's, it was okay. really interesting. I mean, I yeah. I didn't know any of those things going into that documentary. Oddly enough, you know, produced and directed by Shatner, who had like nothing to do with Next Generation. But um, you know, Roddenberry was very much like trying to hold on to very last, you know, vestiges of his control over the Star mm-hmm. Trek property and right. telling the writers, you know, hey, you can't have any conflicts. This is the future. You know, I mean, and without conflict, you really can't have a story. But um, yeah, that, that documentary is great for going into like the early days of, of of the next gen and why it was, why it kind of you know stumbled out of the gate rather than you know. And really, for the first two seasons, I would say it covers. It, it kind of smoothed out when once um, I guess who was it? Michael Pillar joined in the third season. So I guess it's right around the, yeah that, that 87, yeah. 88 uh-huh. kind of time uh, right around there. So yeah, it is a great great documentary. You're right, Richard. What about you? Well, I, like Daryl, I mean, as soon as it was announced, it's like, okay, that's happening. You know, I mean, <laughs> I am definitely watching. Um, I mean, I'd been a Trek fan, you know, going back as far as I can remember, with, you know, I mean, the even I remember the excitement and then the subsequent disappointment of the motion picture and all that stuff. So, you know. We just, I think we just were coming off a of Rathacon or Search for Spock when this came about. And it, 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 it was exciting to know that we, there's going to be something new. And then it, it was cool because one of the things that me and my dad bonded over was the original Trek in, when it was in reruns and the cartoon and all that. And now we could watch, you know, new Trek together new star trek on tv together and that that was that was exciting you know and i was entering into high school so i didn't figure that i was quite nerdy enough with all the comic books and all that stuff in the D. so i had to add being a trekker because before i liked star trek i loved everything about it but i wasn't what i would call a geek about it this is what made me a geek about trek yeah, that was when it was a hard time. Like women weren't jumping in on your pants when you, you know, like now oh, they no, all sir. love they love the oh, geeky yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, back then you had to hide that sucker in the closet. <laughs> but it spawned a lot of great other material too. Like I love the novels that came out right around this time. Oh, I mean, there were, were a lot of good novels. There so were many. right. So many. The comics too. I'm sure there was a few of those. But I don't know if they're oh, worth yeah. mentioning or not. But I mean the novels I remember. Really, were the ones I had every one of them. They were numbered, like number one, two, three. I think I had like the first mm-hmm. thirty or something lined up, and I used to read them. I loved them. They were actually written really well too. Oh yeah, yeah. Alan, Alan Dean Foster, James Blish, so Peter uh, David did D- a few of those, right? Peter David, oh, yeah. DC Love Fontana, them. right, right. Uh, David David Gerald yeah. wrote a few. Yep. Um, then they had the hardcover uh, ones too, like the, yeah. the, the like Zotti one or come up David Mack. Uh, There's some that were just favorite. Trek writers when they I jumped just, on. Uh, I, I remember getting a bunch of those from the science fiction book club mm. when oh, I was a wow. kid. 
Okay. You know, one, there's a deep cut for you. Nerd, <laughs> you the pocketbooks. Yeah, I have to. I have to out nerd everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you we just like it on my trapper keeper. You, oh boy, oh man, I had one too. Oh no, oh, oh, no. I, I I still have one of my trapper keepers from high school. I still I, have. You one. know what? It wasn't really my high was school. Was it a Star Trek one, one though? Or? No, it was, oh, okay. it was my Dungeons and Dragons notebook. Right, for that, the, even yeah, better. That's, just, that's pretty I nerdy have, too. Yeah, is it? You know, I, I had the uh, the Marvel superheroes Trapper Keeper, and nice. I saw it on eBay for about seventy five dollars last time I saw it. No uh, way! Oh, I, wanted get, I wanted to get it again, you know, because I mean, how cool would that be? With the Velcro intact. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, um, I just wish I could go back in time and buy all that shit that I uh, here. had yeah, access like, to and just get it here I, so I could I buy a plastic uh, Star Trek The Next Generation um, thermos lunchbox. Oh, you could be millionaires oh, yeah. now if you bought all that stuff. I've got the Hallmark and... ornament that lights up of the uh, Next Gen Enterprise. So. All the Playmate uh, stuff that I, came I with it, too. Quite, all that, quite yeah. nerdy, brave enough to actually use it in high school, so that lunchbox has never been used. Really? Yeah. You can, wow. yeah, like Daryl said, you can put that on eBay. You probably yeah. make a fortune. Yeah, you make five hundred bucks for that it at least. Go yeah. on eBay when I die, and you guys are auctioning off all my. Sheesh. <laughs> 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 uh. So, Jim, how did you start watching uh, the show? In 1987, when it came out, I was working uh, two jobs in San Francisco, apprenticing for two different chefs. Oh, uh, Federation! Work, you were working there. Huh? I was working from like four in the morning till about Starting seven or eight at night, and then oh. you know five or six days a week. So I totally had no clue of it because all I was doing was cooking at that time and living in San Francisco. And, yeah, at the academy. Right. They didn't have replicators right. though. You used real food. Yeah, right? no, real we did food. use the real food. It, okay. Yeah. Did you did you ever take uh, shore leave and and, and go uh, across the bay to Alameda? Where no, but I stole. I did steal a couple <laughs> whales once and back to the future. But I had just been some like some chubby girls from Oakland. Oh. I don't. George remember. and Gracie. Yeah, you saw. Them. But anyway. <laughs> But anyway, um, Admiral, there'd be whales here. After that, uh, a few years after that, I moved to, to to Pittsburgh, and I was working like from about I don't know two or three in the afternoon till about midnight or one in the morning, and I'd get home about one in the morning off the bus, and I would be keyed up from work because I couldn't sleep. And they were showing Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's probably like ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. Right, okay, yep. So, so they I'm were. Sure. I mean, so it was probably second run, and um. I, they had it from like two in the morning to three in the morning, mm -hmm. and then from three to four in the morning they had Deep Space Nine. Oh, that's good. And then from four in the morning to five they had Law and Order. So if I was watching Law and Order, I knew it was time to go to bed, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get up the next day. But um, that's that's how I ended up watching the Next Gen, and the um, I worked uh, at that place apprenticing for a Greek and Mediterranean chef for about seven years, and uh, that's how I ended up watching it. Was after work every weeknight it was on. It became my thing. I got home. Had a few beers, watched uh, Next Gen, watched Deep Space Nine, went to bed. You know? Wow. So I ended up watching them all in order, like four four episodes a week at a time. Um, and probably ended up watching them twice over, too, because, and you know, like I said, I was there about seven years, and that was kind of my ritual for a while. So, Do you guys, any of you, have the Blu-ray set? Or I had them, of it? but I, I saw I have a bunch of VHSs. Okay, yeah. all right. I have the Columbia House. <laughs> VHS collection, laser disc or, or VHS? VHS. I do have some of the laser discs, so I do too. They were um, actually that was the best way to watch a Next Generation episode back then. How clear was yeah. that picture? Right, that was like perfect. Oh, Those definitely. laser discs. Um, yeah. 
But I also, I, I don't have the Blu-ray set, but I have that Blu-ray sampler they put out okay. before the set came out. Yeah, I've got all the seasons. I've got one through uh, one through seven, and I got to tell you, they, they really they did an amazing job. They had to go back and reconstruct the entire show, and from mm-hmm. a technical standpoint, oh, yeah. that is so much work to do, and I respect it. There's also about, I'd say, a half an hour each season of added documentaries that were not on the on the DVD release, so they were yep. freshly done yeah. by CBS, and actually Gene Roddenberry's son, Rod Roddenberry had a lot to do with this as well. They're very well produced. Um, the Akutas, Mike and his wife, Denise, had a lot to do with this too. They actually went back and helped restore the entire show. So if you have a chance to pick them up, I think you can get on Amazon now the whole set. They're actually it's stupid to buy them one at a time. You're better off waiting until they all come out and then they, they sell you the whole thing a lot cheaper. But um, but that's how I did it, one at a time, and all the money I spent. Right, if you just would have waited. You just would have waited. Once oh, that last oh, one hits, right, it's like they, the whole <laughs> thing goes down in price, like like my half. Um, yeah. The the Columbia House uh, VHS set I have of the Star Trek Next Generation episodes, I bought it at a flea market for like 50 cents a piece. Okay. And those so, were pretty good, too. The quality was good on those, actually. Yeah, Columbia the quality, I mean, for VHS, yeah. the quality is really great. And I remember when they came out, they were like 10 bucks a pop or something. Or like oh, the were, first no, one was a dollar, and oh, they, then no, each, they, they were they were like fifteen it, or eighteen bucks a tape. Yeah, I remember back then. Yeah, yeah, because like the first one was a dollar was cheap, and then after that, each one was had to be like like you said, like fifteen, eighteen, twenty bucks. But the good news Wait. is, that for all of us that have Netflix now, you can watch the restored version mm-hmm. of Next Generation on Netflix right now. So if you're oh, watching yeah. it on Netflix, those have the updated graphics, the well, HD, everything, Netflix. Right. Uh, Hulu and uh, Amazon. Co- correct. They are all updated now with the proper yeah, HD, cool. and it is really amazing. And they didn't redo anything. They didn't make it like better than the mm. original. They just they stuck to the original as much as they could, but just cleaned right. it up a lot. You know, they didn't. In fact, they didn't even use a lot of CG. They still used a lot of stock shots. Yeah, you um, can tell. Yeah, but the planets are definitely CG, but they look really good. Like they're right. really, really good. Except for the second season, they kind of blew it on that one, but. Uh, they 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 switched companies or something when they did the second season and it looks markedly different than seasons one and then three through seven, but it's still much better than it was. Oh yeah. So let's get into it real quick though. Um, so let's go starting with number five, and uh, I guess I'll start with myself and then we kind of go just round robin. Um, our fifth favorite, the Next Generation episode, for me, and I know guys, it's gonna be a little controversial because it's probably in your top one or two, but this is this <laughs> is gonna be fun. We're gonna talk about it. Number five was the two-parter Chain of Command, parts one and two. That was number five for me. Oh, okay. I know. That was my number five as well. It was. Okay. That was my number two. Uh, Let's go around. Daryl, what was your your five? My five is Conspiracy. That's that's the horror episode of of, uh, The Next Generation. With the little creepy crawly creatures, huh? Yeah, and they had led up to that. Like, they were three episodes prior that that led up to it slowly. Yes. Of them taking over all these... uh, I thought it was so great, like, to take over all the captains and admirals and and little by little in different high command and just replace them or take them over with those those parasites. Like, they could have did a whole thing with that. <laughs> but after the conspiracy uh, aired and all oh, the the affiliates went crazy because people were getting complaints that it was too, uh, 
it was too horror like. It was pretty like, rough back then. I have to say, as a kid watching it, that was a it that was. last scene with Remick, his head blowing off, and the uh, that, that nasty puppet with the thing coming through his chest. It, and, it, cr- it crimed in his mouth and, and yeah. went down <laughs> his neck. And, like it was just, and that was something that watching Trek for so long, you never saw anything like that. Like they never really got that dark with Trek. So when they actually did it and I like the planning of it, like the you know, these little things that why these these two assholes were coming on the ship and were messing with Picard and them and, and uh you know and telling them that the ship was not uh up to par and like when they met the first captain like there was a captain uh, uh Horatio a black or... woman oh her okay yeah mm-hmm. who was the fast track she was like the fastest person to become a, a captain and to, to be a black woman at yeah. that Picard's like you're th- you're that good she goes yes I am yeah I, it was sad when they got, you know that character died like you lost a lot of good characters they threw in there but it was just uh it was such a good setup and 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 it just left it you know and they didn't actually they came back to it in the books and link them to um, link the parasites to the um, the uh, the trill where oh, they were like an the evil trill or something. Oh, really? They're like an offshoot mm-hmm. of those creatures. Like another kind of symbiote. Yeah, but instead of being a symbiote, they actually take over your body. Like that's the difference. Like the you know the the trills are the symbiotes. They work with you and and they join. There's a joining. But with this race, when they branched off. They they just take over and 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 take from you what they want and like so the, that was like uh, the, the, the keepers on Babylon Five like we were chatting about right yeah yeah, yeah just like, like that. that just like that yeah yeah oh hey and rest in peace Garibaldi that's man. right oh, exactly yeah. yeah we'll say a little, Jerry Jerry Doyle just passed away we'll have a moment of silence for Mr Jerry Doyle yes uh, Mr Garibaldi <laughs> so um yeah, all right. chain of command is like bravura performances from Stewart and from David Warner. Um, I mean, Stewart like studied or like uh, went to Amnesty International to like prepare for this role because it, it dealt with a lot of torture and a lot of that. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He had all the cool stuff with Captain Jellico and like uh, Ronnie, you know, played by Ronnie Cox and you know, Dick Jones from RoboCop mm-hmm. and uh, work for Dick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, You're the fired. Stuff, the stuff between him and Frakes, like the, the they kept having friction. That was all like gold. Like, so, I, like, I got that in the snippet. He was right. Like what yeah. I liked about. Yeah. He wasn't exactly wrong. Like no, he wasn't wrong at all. He was telling Troy to telling Troy to you should be wearing a uniform. Why are you walking around here? Like and she this? kept it on after that. Like she liked yeah. it. Yeah, she she never took that thing off. He actually was. got her on her point. Got her on point to actually apply. And she became the commander Command. after that. Yes, yeah, that that was what set her off. And then yep. Uh, Jordy, he was like, "Listen, you can do better than that. Don't come up crying. <laughs> come on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be a get baby. that air filter off your face." <laughs> he, he, she, she killed Jordy in a simulation, right? When, when she became the commander, that was in. Uh, yeah. She took that test, right? Yeah, yeah. that's funny. So, uh, Richard, what was your number five? We, we didn't get yours. My number five is from season seven, episode fifteen, Lower Decks. Lower oh. Decks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a good one. So Did- I've got a little snippet from Lower Decks. So let me I'll cue that up now and then we can chat about it. And then I'll I have okay. also a snippet from Chain of Command, but I'm sure that'll come up again. So I'll play yep. that in just a minute. So let's start with Lower Decks. Sir, I know I should have told the truth right from the start. Yes, you should. But you didn't. Instead, you joined with the others to pretend that that was simply an accident. Now, what do you think that tells me about your character? Sir, if you had any idea what it was like after that incident. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anyone to talk to. 
I had to take my flight test with the instructor because no one else would be my partner. In a lot of ways, it would have been easier to just walk away, but I didn't. I stuck with it. Doesn't that say something about my character, too? Well, I'm really very sorry you didn't enjoy your time at the Academy, Ensign. As far as I'm concerned, you should have been expelled for what you did. Quite frankly, I don't know how you made it on board this ship. Oh. One thing I don't understand. Doesn't Geek Tall mean to the death? You speak Klingon. Sir, is there really such a thing as a Geek Tall challenge? No, there is not. But perhaps next time you are judged unfairly, it will not take so many bruises for you to protest. To all Starfleet personnel, this is the captain. It is my sad duty to inform you that a member of the crew, Ensign Sito Jaxa, has been lost in the line of duty. <gasps> She was the finest example of a Starfleet officer and a young woman of remarkable courage and strength of character. <laughs> her loss will be deeply felt by all who knew her. Guard out. Oof. She didn't end too well. And there were some great characters in there. I, I probably could have made a 10-minute snippet if I got little pieces of all of them, but I mean... Um, yeah. And they were—I <clears throat> mean—they were kind of manipulated her into volunteering for this thing because she was Bajoran. Like that was just kind of, right. in a way. But I mean, he's Captain Picard. Still made it clear at the end: this is your choice. I'm not ordering he you to do. He did, but there's no way she was not going right. to take that well, mission after all she'd been through. Like, well, absolutely. With her and, background. But it's military. Like, I don't—I like that because it. Yeah. You, you can't forget, like with. The Federation. It's not all just exploration. There are missions. It is kind of still the military in a in, in a way. Like it, they say it's not, but it is because the things they have to do. And this was it was almost a suicide mission. Well, yeah, I, and I mean, I love this episode for many reasons, but a lot of it is because it identifies with me. As far as I like structure, I like order, I like. A clear chain of not necessarily command, but clear process of how things should go. And <clears throat> this whole episode is it, it's about that ultimate sacrifice that people that uh, um, you know volunteer to serve can can it can happen. But also it's about um, development of these people, leadership development in a ways. Um, I've actually used this episode because I actually do leadership development. It's part of what I do in my career and in my job. And uh, I've used this episode, clips from it, as, as examples of how to develop people into leaders. And that's what really resonated with me with this episode and why I really, really liked it. You nerd. Yeah. And the parallel with the poker game and all that, and mm -hmm. Laval's. Oh yeah, remember Laval was trying to like I don't know, kind of get sweet with Riker and uh, oh, yeah. trying to. Get, oh yeah, he kind of made a fool of himself. It was it was really funny. I mean, uh, and then that Vulcan was actually pretty cool too. Didn't he end up going to play Ensign Vork in, in Voyager? I didn't verify that. Is it the same actor? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Which character did he play again? I thought he played Tar Ensign Vorik. No, no, in, in this episode, what was the name of his character? He was, oh, he was Torik. Right, it was Torik. Torik, let me see. Yeah, he was, it's a, he was Vorik on Voyager. He was Vorik on, on yeah. And we saw Cetel before, uh, I'm sorry, C Cito Jaxa before in the episode with Wesley Crusher. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Where yeah. he, uh, yeah, with the with the um, with the accident, the academy, the first right. dude in that episode, and uh, I guess he was and, he was supposed to be on Deep Space Nine, uh, but it never happened. Who's that, that character? Uh, uh, Cedo Jackson. Oh, the Bajoran. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was actually she was a really good actress. I mean, she really did a great job with that part in that episode, Lower Decks. I was. It's good to see that. All right, so that brings up our first trivia question. I'll give it to you, Richard, since you picked the um, the one we just played the the clip for. All right, you ready for this now? This this is kind of tough, but let's All see right. if we can get it. What is the name of the flying group Wesley Crusher is part of the Academy? Oh. Is a part of, I guess. The so you're talking from that episode. From that episode, right. Wasn't it Nova Squadron? Wow, good job. Dang. Nice. All right, one, one point for Richard. That was tough. I didn't Ooh. remember that one. I can't, yeah, I would not wow. have remembered that. Like, I, I knew Squad was in there, but I'm thinking, like, Red that's Squad, it. but that, that, that's, that's, that's DS9. That's I not... almost thought Delta Squad for a bit. <laughs> like, no, that ain't it. All right, Richard, one point for you. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's see, moving along. Let's go to number four, our fourth pick. I will start. Fourth favorite Next Generation episode, for me, was The Wounded. And that's the one where O'Brien meets his old captain, and he mm. goes off and, and into Cardassian territory and creates oh, a yeah. lot of havoc over there. And That was one that I was wrestling towards my top five. Made him seem like he was crazy. Yeah, that's the fir- isn't that the first appearance of the Cardassians? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gets into the war a lot, too. Yep. Mark Lamo plays Gol Masset in this one, and... Um, Sets a lot up for the world of DS9, pretty much. Sets, yeah, does a good, great setup for that. Because if you take this episode and you pair it with Ensign Row, you've pretty mm-hmm. much got DS9 locked down. That's a, that, oh, that's yeah. the, that's it right there. It's and like, they set mm-hmm. them up for so much as did the Germans. Like they, it's like so <laughs> strongly set up to make them appear to be the Germans and the you know the Very different much. ways of war. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. kind of what I liked about Deep Space Nine. It was kind of like it reminded me of like Casablanca. Mm, like one yeah. of those places where a lot of different, <laughs> yeah. a lot of different like nationalities and factions intermingle and have shady dealings. You had spies. You know? You had. Uh... But I'm just a humble tailor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. He, yeah. Worf says a tailor, but you're also a spy and a saboteur <laughs> and an assassin. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But I'm maybe. sorry, you must have me confused with someone. <laughs> we'll get to that in DS9. That's okay. great, Garrick. Yeah. But anyway, I, this one really stood out for me because, uh, again, the introduction of the Cardassians was really important. Um, it also developed the heck out of Kalmini, a.k.a. Chief O'Brien, because oh, yeah. this is where we actually saw him play almost 20 minutes of this episode. It was him. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot of his story. You see him married to Keiko at this point. Right. So they're setting so much up right now. I don't know if it was intentional or if it just happened like a happy accident, but he can hold the screen. And oh yeah, it, it showed that in this episode a lot. Well, he went on to do a lot of feature films right around this time too. He, he started blowing up at this point. Yeah, yeah. With Under Siege, he was in that. He's in a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, uh, he's a good character actor. That's yeah. That's do you watch cool. the show he's in on AMC? What was that it? Nick uh, Cage movie? Um, which one is he? Con in? Air. Con oh, Con Air. Air. He was in that one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's on a show on AMC. What is it? Um, the rail, the railroad one. What the hell is it called? Uh, Oh God! I haven't watched that. I know you know what I'm talking about, about, right? Yeah, the, they're building the railroad. What the hell? Um, hell on Wheels or something? Or oh, uh, I've only seen some of the first season. I didn't. I'm not I up see, to date on it. He's the main character. One of the main characters in that yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. 
I watched, I watched like an episode. Is that show still going? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think they're ending it soon. Yeah. I think. I never really watched it, so. Yeah. Well, he's a good. I, what I like about him too is he's not someone who's. They don't try to make him uh, something. Somebody super special. Like they don't. He's a he's career man. Like he's not even into to getting a command or a ship or anything like that. Like he basically is a nine to five kind of guy. Yeah. You know, and and um, but he's good at his job. I mean, he's great at his job, and he's good with people. Like he he is closer to Scotty, I think, than anyone else. Yeah, he's just like the everyman. He's the everyman. He's the he's Scotty. Yeah. I mean, he is Scotty in a way. He's it, it's just that he's uh, he's married, but I mean, he is so much Scotty. You know, yeah. he got his buddies. He drinks. He exactly he has his interests. He hangs out with his you know he hangs out with his staff. <laughs> like <laughs> and then Bashir yeah. afterwards, right? It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny uh, is is years later in watching the 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 remake of Battlestar Galactica I always thought of Chief Chief reminded me so much of O'Brien hmm. so I, I always made that comparison in my mind oh they are similar and I bet he did that on purpose I bet that that was part of what what went into Chief it was was some of that very similar characters. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think that was just out of nowhere. He worked on that show for a long time. I don't, Both I don't in love he... with Asian robots. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh wait, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, well, Chief O'Brien was on since the pilot. He was on the pilot episode. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So did anyone else pick um, that episode for the top five or no? No, it was one. Of, it was on my long mm-hmm. list. All right, no, no problem. Sure um, we'll do round robin, and then I have a little clip for it, but I'll play it in just a minute. So go ahead. Uh, let's go, Daryl. What was your number four? Uh, my number four, when I had to go through it and force myself to pick, hmm. I think it, it was Reunion. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, because this was action, the huh? episode yeah. where Worf did the most Klingon thing you can ever do. It bothered. It bothered. Picard, but it was like f you, Picard. This got to get done. Like the, <laughs> like you meet. First of all, he meets his son for the first time, Alexander, which is a troubled character in itself. That's true. But then he's so unclean on like his son, and and Worf's whole thing is to try. He overdoes it trying to be a Klingon, um, and that's always been his problem, you know. And and a lot of that with Guinan telling him like you you worry about being a trying to be a Klingon so much that you miss out on the fun things. About right, you don't laugh or whatever or something like that. She was right. right, and yeah. when she, when he meets uh, Kalar, Kalar and yeah. they hook up, it was like, I loved how she was almost like Dax. You know, like, we're going to get to that in Deep Space Nine. Right. But her character was a lot like Dax, where he, the way she gave him oh, all yeah. the time and whatnot. And, and when she gets murdered, and the whole thing with Duras, which goes for a long, that's a yeah. long I was going to say, this is the first setup of uh, yeah. Worf versus the Duras and the sisters yeah. and stuff. And I just and that goes all the way through like to the movies. Oh yeah, oh, pretty much. Yeah. Oh yeah. And DS Nine and all that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I absolutely love it. Like, there's always something about. I do. I guess a, a little bit of romantic with some of this. I love the fact that his emotions overtook everything else. He was like, "You killed the woman I loved. I don't care about rank. I don't care about Starfleet." He got his bat left, and he killed that motherfucker. I, I like, love when Data's face when he when he does that. He see yeah. <laughs> when he does kill uh, Duras. When he, remember when he drops the? But I love it when he goes when he finds her. Like uh, Duras kills her because she finds the truth. She finds right. the truth about it, and he mm-hmm. finds her and he sees it. And she tells him, you know what happens, and you know protect Alexander. He puts a hand he goes to hands his, together. Yeah, he goes to his room, and it's just his face. It's like a switch goes off. <laughs> 
he pulls he, his sash off too. He pulls it off, throws it on the couch. Takes that sucker yeah. off, takes the the, the <laughs> signia off, takes his communicator off, yep, puts yep. it on the ground, and he's like, "I'm out." You know, when the communicator done. comes off. You know, it's going to be bad news, right? It's that's, done, that's like, it. and that's the Klingon. Like, and I like that. Like, that's what an effing Klingon is. They they go with emotion sometimes, and Picard, <laughs> who is so unemotional at times, which is annoying. It can be annoying with him and, and, and drive you nuts. I love that he just said, F you, Picard, it's going to get done. And like, and I'm not going to apologize for it. And he does that again in Deep Space Nine with his wife, Jadzia. Like, he has a personality quirk about that. Like, he lo- love comes first over duty with him and, and loyalty. And so I like that. Like, that's something in Star Trek that I really enjoy. And, and that's why this episode stood out to me. I can watch it every time it comes on. I always love to get to that part. And I'm mad with him. Like, I'm ready to kill that mother effer when you see him. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, I agree. Did you like the other Kalar episode too? The first one in the second season. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. That, I, I like Kalar. I'm surprised they killed her off. She was a really good one. She was played by uh, who's the actress here? What was her name? Plaxon, Susie Plaxon. Yeah, I don't. I know. I, I hate like there's so many good characters that get killed off in Star Trek that you wish yeah. it would have lasted longer, but you know, they need something to happen to get the characters to go through a certain arc. Yeah. And that's, happened with him no that's great good good choice very good choice it's funny because my number four yeah go ahead, is, the, is the uh season four to season five cliffhanger that kind of spins off of daryl's number four uh redemption redemption oh okay. i got that too with the uh, galron is trying to yeah. take his place as chancellor yeah. starts to play on civil war Klingon on civil war right and yeah, then you, know, you got the uh the tasha yarl and romulan lookalike and then like <laughs> it's just like all kinds of crazy android cool racism stuff. Yes. Oh, that was a, that was great. And then Data was the captain of the ship in right, this episode right. for a long time because Picard was under cover. Oh, Data bitched him. He oh, bitched totally. Him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it Commander Hobson? Whatever his name was. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Killed yeah, him. He totally did it. Yeah. Like he showed emo- Like he almost did it with emotion a little bit. Like you go, you go through what I say, boy. I told you. <laughs> I don't know what my, you think. This is my starship, baby. This is my starship. You gonna do it? That's what I say. But I always love that, like that wharf storyline with the Klingon hierarchy and the Klingon civil war, yeah. and that, uh, all that stuff kind of playing into the movies and then, like um, everything else. So that was my number four pick was Redemption. That love is it. a really good one, actually. I like that. Yeah, and and I think that set up a lot of great episodes. That 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 fifth season right there. Uh, that second, I'm sorry, the first episode of the fifth season. You had just a good string right there. Right after that, like they, the show really hit its stride right at that, that point. String went all the way to the Dominion War. I mean that yeah. that that pretty much put Worf on the path that he that he winds up at. Yep. At the end of that show, like it's yeah. it's just uh, it's great. I love it. Like for somebody who doesn't want to be in, like it's funny that he gets forced to be the god, the morality of the Klingons, even though mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't. He never was raised with the Klingons. He kind of had to to be that, that conscience anyway. Even when every time I think I'm out, yeah, they pull yeah. me back in. Always wanted to quit, but he just has that thing about wanting having to do the right thing. Like he just couldn't help himself. Wow, that's good. All right, so Jim, let, let's pick you for the uh, quiz right now. Uh, we'll oh, have man, Richard join us in just again. So totally fail, but <laughs> go ahead. All right, all right. This, these are tough questions. I'm admitting that these are these are relatively tough because you guys know your trek. All right. Yeah, but I hate names and titles. I forget. I'm never, never all right. Well, this this is this will tie into your Klingon thread. All right. Okay. What colony's destruction resulted in the death of Worf's parents? Kidmer. All right. Very good, oh. sir. 
Yeah, that was an easy one. Yeah, all right, that well, was easy. So let's see. Compared to Wesley's like you know squadron name or whatever, softball, dude. That was tough, right? That was a tough one to start. Did you mention Wesley? I'm already rolling my eyes. I know. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> All right, let's go to our number three pick. Uh, actually, no, I'll play a little clip from my number four pick, the um, the wounded, real quick, so we can kind of remember that one. Because I'm sure you guys, none of you, picked it for the rest of your top five. So here goes the wounded. Never retaliate out of vengeance, no matter what that Cardassian says. They're up to something, sir. They're the ones you should be investigating, not Captain Maxwell. You don't care for the Cardassians. I like them fine. It's just, well, I know them. You learn to watch your back when you're around those people. Ben Maxwell has just sent more than 600 of them to their deaths. I don't know what to say, sir. Lives were at stake. Whose lives? We had to act now. Why? It smells musty in here. Like a bureaucrat's office. You have killed nearly 700 people. And you have taken us to the brink of war. I have prevented war. Or at the very least delayed it a good long time. The peace treaty was a ruse. To give them breathing room, time to regroup. And so all alone you decided to dispose of the treaty. I took the initiative. I did what had to be done. What had to be done? Hmm? For whom? Why would a man with a long and brilliant service abandon the fundamental principles that he has believed in, even fought for all of his life? I believe it is because of what they did to your wife and your children. One sword, at least thy rights shall guard. One faithful harp shall praise thee. I'm not going to win this one, am I, Chief? No, sir. Yeah, cool episode. I, I just that one just sticks out for me. It just well, it, it opens up so many questions. Like there is no concrete right and wrong on this. Like he was right to like what he did was right, right. even though it was the wrong way to do it. Like, and it goes to a lot of that with. These war horses that were left over mm-hmm. from yeah. these wars, like in peacetime, Picard is peacetime captain. He's the peacetime right, captain. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's goodwill. He's the ambassador. He's the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and him and Kirk, like Kirk and 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 Kirk's and, borderline. Kirk, Kirk's uh, yeah. He's... Kirk is borderline, but in the beginning he was wartime. He was a war horse. Mm-hmm. After a while, I mean, he was one of the reasons that when Klingons did something, if he came around, they thought twice about it. Like, they had to really question it. <laughs> Kirk, and you Kirk, need that. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> you need you need those kind of war, you know, the, those kind of uh, captains that are experiencing that. And I think that that was kind of what uh, hurt the Federation when they kind of did all that away with the peacetime stuff. So right. when it did happen, 
they were unprepared. Like, that's how he almost lost. And, like, and Picard made a good speech at the end of this episode. And it just would have taken too much time for the clip. But mm-hmm. he told the, the Cardassian, Marco Lemo, uh, hey, look, man, we're watching you. He goes, these these yeah. ships you were running to this little base over here, they didn't need to have these jamming fields. You, you, you were yeah. basically, yeah, you were, you know. So, um, it, it, yeah, it did set up a lot. I'm back. Oh, oh. okay. Here I am. About to be court-martialed, sir. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what was your number four, Chubb? Well, what was your number four's? Uh, okay, so I, I missed. So Daryl had uh, reunion. Okay. And Jim had redemption, part one and two. Nice. Yes, I had the wounded. We just played a clip from wounded, that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I had my number four was sins of the father. Ooh, Klingon mm. spot yeah, number we four. Went, huh? We all went Klingon for number you sure four. Did. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. This but, one, I mean. It's there's so many of the Duras episodes and all the stuff with the the, the warring families and all that oh, yeah. shit that happened, but it all goes back to this episode. This episode is what kind of really was the linchpin to unleash all those storylines, and it it was really good insight into everything going on with uh, uh, War's family, uh, his bloodline, and all that. It really gets into um, some civil unrest going into a civil war eventually on uh, Kronos, you know, with the Klingon homeworld. Just so much that spawned from this episode, from what, everything that happened here uh, into later episodes is just, it's, it's an amazing, amazingly done. And it was well, written by Ronald Moore. And, and Ron Moore yep. really set the tone with this episode for the Klingons, like, like, like Daryl said pretty much all the way through the end of the Dominion War and then beyond. I mean, it, it's he, this episode framed the hierarchy. You saw the, the, the high council chambers for the yeah, first time. Yeah. You yep. understand that there was a, you know, the, the council leader and you had this council and it, it set this whole thing up, the sins of the father. If your father's a traitor, you're a traitor too. And all that kind of feudal Klingon mythology started with this episode. Yeah. The yeah. first two episodes that had Klingons in it, what was it, A Matter of Honor and the first one with Kalar, I forget mm-hmm. the name of that one, uh, in season two, those two didn't really set that up as much. It's kind of just, just you had bits and pieces. This one framed it. So yeah, right. And 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 if you saw Ronald Moore writing a Klingon episode, you know it was going to be a good one. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> good stuff. All right, moving on to our third favorite Star Trek Next Generation episode. For me, it is the Inner Light. Oh, that's what I picked. All right, so there we go. So Jim's Inner Hi. Light. Okay, um, inner light. Uh, I loved it. I, this episode still brings a little, little, still chokes you up a little bit at the end, you know, and, and mm-hmm. at least me. Uh, and, and this is 25 years later. This, as a standalone episode of Star Trek, is just amazing. You, you yeah. see this guy live a whole life. You feel for him. You, you, right, right. you know, you, you see his, he, you see the love between him and his wife, and the yeah. friendship between, between, you know, Cayman and, and his friend Bataille, and, and I. Just I mean, such an incredible, incredible episode. This of was another one that was hard to whittle out when I get it did in my fo- top five. So yeah, it didn't have the action. Number three for me. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, it didn't have the action, but the storyline was there. And like you know how they have the comics that they call done in one. This is like mm-hmm. the perfect done in one episode of Star Trek. I mean, and, and great performance by Pat, by Patrick Stewart here. I mean, it won a Hugo Award. It was like the first. Oh episode yeah, of this show to win, win that. Um, it was also nominated for an Emmy for the screenplay oh, uh, for this episode. So um, 
yeah, great episode, great performance by Stewart. And what better way for them to like have someone actually understand their culture than to actually live as a member of their culture of like a whole lifetime in just a few hours. Right. Great, great, great sci-fi idea and great story and great episode. Yeah, you don't have to be a Star Trek fan to really like it. Like you just be a sci-fi yeah. fan. You don't have to know anything yeah. about Cardassians or Klingons or any of that stuff. You just just watch it. It's just great. As much as I love the other ones for all the subplots and everything they set up for not only Next Gen but Deep Space Nine, I really love this one for being self-contained and just a good story unto itself. Although it did set up the flute. Oh, right. right. I mean, he had yeah. that flute for a couple other episodes after this, and it it yep. even showed how much... He even talked about that in that episode, what was it, with the woman that he fell in love with? Uh, I think it was called Lessons. He talked about how much that flute meant to him and that, that lifetime that he lived, and he says even to this day, it still feels real. Like, that was... It was in him, so it was nice it to tie probably to went to him even uh, being able to marry Beverly years later, like after he, you know, after the show ends. But it, you know that he will eventually marry her. Part of it was that he got to experience how that feels to be in that type of relationship. He didn't mm. have that before. Are we accepting that that timeline actually happened, though? I mean, are we? Uh... Well, considering the books that happened right after that, okay, that are like all things in canon, okay, it's still. It, they did get married anyway. She's even yeah. having a baby. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, uh, let's see. Daryl, what was your number three? Uh, mine was the one we picked, the uh, uh, Redemption. You, okay. The two-parter. Redemption, got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just talked about that. Yeah, so. we talked a lot about that already. Okay, cool. And then, Jim, I got yours. Richard? My number three will... Let me temba his arms wide you a hint. <laughs> it is the Darmok episode, uh, season five, episode two. This is this is such a great episode. Mm. I just you know, and it's funny is is getting ready for this. I, I researched all the episodes I picked, you know. And this was one that actually had been an idea, a storyline that was being kicked around for like two years, like since the end of season two or something like that. And Rick Berman just didn't get it and just wasn't allowing it. And then finally, <clears throat> they somehow got the green light on it. And because um, it was because Rick Berman felt that it just wouldn't be something that could be understood by the Star Trek audience, which I think he uh. he severely underestimated us because yeah. i remember i mean there's so much um that that links to especially in the 80s what was going on you know towards the end of the mm-hmm. cold war and everything else you know just just to have this if we sit and we actually listen if we try if we have patience mm-hmm. we might be able to find solutions to our differences and to our problems well it was enemy you know, mine it was it was similar yeah, right to yeah. that movie and and well berman has a <clears throat> Uh, quite a few decisions Berman have made over the years in stories. Kind of, he goes for the easy sometimes. As a good, I mean, it goes back to ideas in the uh, the original series too. Yeah. I mean, remember yeah. no no kill I Devil in the Dark, <laughs> the, I the mean, Horta, whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah like okay. you know, yeah. trying to communicate with a species that actually has some intelligence and, and you know, sentience behind it. So great Paul Winfield performance here too. I oh, mean, excellent! He was excellent. great as he, Dharma. He killed it. He killed it. Oh, Let, he let's did. just jump into the uh, to Dharma. Because I think it's going to be on most of our lists. If not, let's just do it right now. Well, it was honorable mention, at least. For at me. least. Oh, yeah. Very least. Let's play it right now. Uzani. His army with fist open. 
a strategy with fist open. With fist open. His army with fists closed. With fist closed. An army with fist open to lure the enemy with fist closed to attack. That's how you communicate, isn't it? By, by citing example, by metaphor. Ozani's army with, with fist open. Sukhat, his eyes uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> You hoped that something like this would happen, didn't you? You knew there was a dangerous creature on this planet, and you knew from the tale of Darmok that a danger shared might sometimes bring two people together. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. You and me here. At Aladrel. Kira at Bashi. Temper his arms wide. Cinder! His face black, his eyes red. Tamak! The river Tamak! In winter! Oof. Dermak. And Jalad. At Tanagra. Damak and Jalad on the ocean. So Kath, his eyes open. The beast of Tanagra. Uzani, his army. Shaka, when the walls fell. Still gives me chills. What's really great about that is I understood every word of that just now. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying though is is is, is you actually learn this metaphor language, does, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I under I understood every word of that, and that is what's so amazing about this episode. I mean, it's so well written. It's such a good story. We should do like a I, Walking Dead podcast, but speak in 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 tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> the children of Tama. Rick, Rick, yes. Rick looking for Carl. <laughs> Rick looking for Carl. Barn doors open. Barn doors closed. <laughs> Herschel with one leg in the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that's got to happen. That, that's uh, done. <laughs> oh, boy. That'll be, uh, that'll be a memorable episode. You know, this sure. probably should have been even higher than my number three. I don't know. I just, I really loved this episode. And then um, Riker is so mad throughout this whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's angry Riker. I love it. Yeah. He's yeah. beating the hell out of that ship. He's trying to fire it. He's trying to. Phaser it. He's Wolf- Riker. He's uh, he's almost uh, uh, Worf pissed. He's he's, he's more pissed than Worf was. Worf yeah. got shot down in the shuttle, and Riker was more mad than Worf was. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was such a great show. And then you show this little scene between uh, Troy and, and and Data. Data and and Riker's like, just figure it out. Figure out that language. Come on, you got to do it. Just really every, ugh, just perfect. 
perfect episode. I'm, I'm well, so I like pleased when with that she's, one. she's t- talking to Data about all these things they've experienced and she's experienced in her lifetime and still can't figure this out. And then he comes back with his, you know, same sediment, but in such a logical robotic neural net kind of way. About, yeah, it's I a proper name, proper, proper noun, yeah. Uh, I, I've, I, I've encountered 1,710 different l- l- species in my time. Order, you know, it just it was such a good little back and forth between the two of them. I, I loved it. Yeah. No, just great, great episode. I don't think you can find it. I, I'm kind of glad. I didn't know that story that it was an older script. I thought it was designed for season five. But I'm kind of glad they waited because, really, every one of the actors right now was just, they were so in it. They were just feeling it. You had Picard in his new little outfit. He had the captain's jacket. He was doing his thing. And... Everything was just perfect. It, it landed just at the right time, as far well, as I'm concerned. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Paul Winfield. And oh, great! He was in Wrath of Khan. He was the captain of yeah. the of the Reliant, with you know that Chekhov was first officer on. Yes, the ill-fated captain. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, the actually, and the guy who played the first officer, I don't remember his name, but he was also um, in a lot of Next Generation and DS9 and stuff. So he was a good actor too. Um, on the Tamarian ship. I don't remember his name, but he was actually good. Yeah. All right, so let's do some trivia time, guys. Uh, let's Uh-oh. see who's next here. Daryl, it's your turn. Uh-oh, I'm scared. All right, you want a harder one? Because you, 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 you know Trek. You know Trek. Let's see. I don't mean I'm going to get this question. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull one out for you. Uh, You're right. Captain Bertrand. Come you on. Are ca- yeah. All right, here we go. Uh. Here we go. What is the name of the game? That data plays against Sirma Kalrami in the second Is season the episode. Square? No, in the second what? season episode, peak performance. Who wants to steal it for a point? Damn, the one with the oh, with the it looked like uh, they had Jeff. the finger, the finger things. Yeah, with the and wires they were doing the fingers really fast, and he blocked them. He had to keep blocking them. Yep. And he didn't win, but he just stopped them from from. Yep. Beating him. Oh, what's the name of that? It's not Parisi Square. We never saw Parisi Squares on Star Trek. They always talked about it, but we never saw how they play it. Right. How was the name of that damn episode? Anyone want to jump in for a bonus point? I'm trying. I'm going going through the episode in my mind. I just. It's a tough one. Fizzbin? It's not (laughs) Fizzbin. That's only on Tuesdays. I know. You do it right. Damn it! Where's Data? He needs to tell me the answer. All right, I'll I'll, I'll give I'll give it to you. Uh, the answer of uh, the name of the game was Stratagema. Oh, I did never remember. Yeah. That. All right, now I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself, though. All right, because this is all for fun. What race? Is this just for Daryl, or is this just a for Daryl? Just for Daryl, right now. Oh, what no. race is Sirma Kolrami? Oh, I, I told you I'd get you, man. Oh, you got me because that wasn't <laughs> even an important episode. Exactly, that's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, the captain is not concerned with these little things. These now we've that. we've seen his race a couple of times throughout the next generation. Yeah. yeah. Damn it! I know. He always does the tech. They're technological. They're they're, they're, the, they're uh, strategy minded. They're they're yeah. very uh, organized. Yeah. The, oh, god dang it! Any, anyone want to jump in for a bonus point? No, no. I have not a clue. All right, I told you I was digging deep. Oof, you did. All right, good, good. That means I did it right. The did name of his right. race was the Zach Dorn. Oh, yep. You know it was. That's <laughs> so no, no points on that one. Oh, I want Kittimer. I want. Kittimer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I told you that was a softball, man. I gave Jim a softball. I did because you know I don't know. What was I, I missed the one you gave? Jim. Oh, the one I gave Jim was uh, the name of the planet where Worf's parents got blown up. Oh, what was it? Kittimer. You know the Kittimer. Oh, Kittimer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Apparently, I didn't. My top ten favorite massacres. (laughs) 
<laughs> Star Trek massacres. Sure. All right, guys, let's go on to number two, our second favorite Next Generation episode. And for me, it was, we just talked about it, Darmok. Mm. That's it. And we all, I mean, obviously we know what number one's going to be. But for me, this was the best standalone Star Trek The Next Generation episode, period. Hands down, I spoke about it already. Loved it. What was your number two, Daryl? I uh, would have to be Chain of Command for me. Chain of Command. Okay. Mine as well. My number two. Totally would have to be that. Chain Angelico, which led on to uh, Peter David used him a lot in his books, too, and it made me like him even more. What, uh, Captain Angelico? Yeah, with the New Frontier. Oh, like I didn't know the, that, uh, really. Okay. Yeah, the Captain Cool Calhoun was his name. He made a character called Captain Calhoun. Calhoun, okay. My, he was mentored for by Picard. He was, basically came from a warlike plan. Actually, they were similar to the to the um, the Cardassians and the Bajorans. He was like the Bajorans, where they were conquered and they fought back and drove them off. Hmm. And they came to the planet, and he was kind of the. He was the leader, the rebel leader that did it, and and then uh, I think they did what kind of what they wanted to do in Ensign Row, and they just never got a chance to do it. Gotcha, because that was her deal too. Um, but yeah, Chain of Command, I loved it because it, he he came in and he pretty much Jellico <laughs> pretty much was like, you, you this ship is getting a little lazy because y'all like each other too much. Like, <laughs> this is. <laughs> this, is, this is a military ship. You got to get this to get the ship on point. And it really for 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 rotation watch here. Uh, yeah, yeah. watch rotation. It made everybody uncomfortable, and I like that. Like it, it especially uh, Riker. It really put him on his toes. Yeah, we're gonna play a clip yeah. of that in just a minute, and then we heard the little, little between Riker and Jellico. Jim, what, what was yours? Well, yeah, that's why I picked it earlier. But my number two is Best of Both Worlds. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, all right, just so we're clear, and I'm not trying to sneak ahead. You have. Something above best of both worlds as your number yeah, one. Okay, I that's what I need to know. That's Ow. fine. Okay. Wow. Alrighty. So let's I remember play. it was funny because I remember when I saw that it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night at like two in the morning, and it was the first half of the cliffhanger, and I was like, Chain of "Damn! Command. Okay, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, mm-hmm. cards aboard. Oh, yeah, but oh, best of both worlds. Wait a whole okay. summer, like no, I just had to wait one day, but I had to go to work, and I'm working, oh. and I'm like, dudes, I just saw the cliffhanger for Star Trek, and they're like, they're like, STFU, pass me that sauce, you know? They didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to. So wait, I was right? all freaked out that whole day. I'm like, dude, I can't wait to see how this turns out. So let's play a clip from Chain of Command since it was both uh, two picks there for number two. Let's go right to that now. Know nothing about me, Nescova. But I've told you that I believe you. I didn't ask you about me, Noskova. I asked how many lights you see. There are four lights. I don't understand how you can be so mistaken. Whenever I... Look at you now. I won't see a powerful Cardassian warrior. I will see a six-year-old boy who is powerless to protect himself. Be quiet. In spite of all you've done to me, I find you a pitiable man. Picard, stop it. Or I will turn this on and leave you in agony all night. Ah, you called me Picard. What are the Federation's defense plans for Minos Korva? There are four lights. Yeah, baby. There are five lights. How many do you see now? You are six years old. 
That's right. <laughs> that was for you, Richard. That was for you. That is, that is so many bar talks uh, me and JK have done where we start yelling out. They're awful. Like, we've done that, that countless times. Yeah. And I know they thought we were complete idiots every time we did it. Like, what the hell are they talking about? There are about? so but, many great things about this uh, episode. I mean, one, having David Warner and Stuart working together. Oh, I mean. Man. I, I wish I could have seen them when they worked together in the 60s uh, in Shakespearean plays and stuff. Cause it's the anti-Kirk. Uh, it's the anti... It really uh, is. Uh, yeah. Anti-Picard? Is it, he's like the, uh... Well, the anti... Um, um, the, the, the original series, because you would think... They would usually write the captain gets... He escapes, you know, either he escapes right. on clever. his own yeah, or they come ending. in and they... Yeah. And they blast him out of there, and that no, he didn't. He didn't work that way. It was all done by uh, using, uh, you know, by using different forms of of um, what I'm trying to say. It was they were ambassadors. Way. How ambassadors had to use they had to had diplomacy. To, diplomacy. That's what I'm thinking of. Right? Yeah, they had to use diplomacy to get him out. Mm-hmm. And then he and then when he admits at the end, like. If they had kept him there a little while longer, I'd have told him it was anything. Well, that's him him yeah. talking to uh, Troy. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying he tells her that he actually he did see five lights. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that and scared he, him a bit. Yeah, eventually he would have given in. Like he he couldn't have hand he couldn't have handled that torture that much longer. Like he wasn't is a, a superhero. Boy, like he was making a superhero. 1984 by Orwell. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You know the whole right. thing with uh, torture. new speak or good speak or something, and they yeah. re- retrain you or yeah, the yeah. five fingers. Yeah. You know how many I'm holding. How many fingers are you? Am I holding up? Uh, that's know? right. Yeah, the whole thing. You know, it's it homage to that. It just I mean, such a good episode. Oh yeah, really, yeah. 
totally different. Yeah, yeah. if it had been Kirk, there'd have been some like double-handed back chops and stuff involved. You know? <laughs> oh, they would have blasted a flying, flying drop kick or something. You know? Spock would have been like, "I'm going in to get my boy." Like, it's, yeah. there's no way in the world we would have sat there and let that that happen. He the, the two-handed, from, uh, two-handed, you know, uh, smack to the back. That yes, that, that's a that's signature a Kirk move. I know what you're talking signature about. Signature move, yeah. 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 yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Good, good episode. I liked it overall, and uh, it was nice to see someone else as the captain on the ship. And he really was kind of a dick. I guess we can all say oh, he that. Was and, a dick. Yeah, he was. He was. He was basically Dick Jones, and not but wrong. in, in, in Starfleet was, uniform. Like I said before yeah. he was Dick Jones. He was yeah. Dick Jones in, in the captain's uniform. Exactly. And I think yeah. they recall back. They they kind of used some of the things he came up with. Like it wasn't. He wasn't wrong. Like, no, like that four shift rotation yeah, thing and some other that. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Troy kept her blue uniform mm-hmm. on pretty much for the rest of the series. After that, she she liked it. She kept it on. It kind of went with how uh, Patrick Stewart kind of was in the beginning of the series. Like he was very Shakespearean, and he was used to coming in. You do the job, no joking, no playing. This is serious nope. work, and that kind of he was Jellico at, at first because they were rebelling against him a little and, bit like and you know. Jellico's thing was get it done instead of yeah. make it so it was yeah. get it done get it like <laughs> and, and data in the red uniform right took over as uh, as first officer right mm-hmm. and he goes data i want to be here in one hour and just get it done <laughs> and i like and jordy kind of i think jordy needed that little you know that little kick hit. in the butt he was he yeah, was, a little kick in the butt he, he got a little complacent i think yeah yeah that leah brahms thing still kind of hanging over him right he goes oh, she yeah, likes my work i'm a good engineer it's all no, good baby oh you got to get it together bro <laughs> You fell in love with Step a hologram, dude. Come on. Step it up, bro. Come on, Step man. It up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely definitely a solid episode. So, oh, yeah. All right, on to number one. But before that, we got some trivia. Uh, I think, Richard, you are up. You are due. All right. Now, hmm, you got a really tough one, so I'll give you another really tough one. What was the nickname of Data's creator? His nickname. That is a tough one. Name of the, oh, it's Doctor. Uh, you could say his name if you want. I mean, it's not going to blow another question or anything. So, God, 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 God. I'm trying to. Well, do you know his name? Do you know? All right, let's start there. Do you do you know his name? That's what I'm trying. To, oh, so you don't even question? know his name. Okay. Yeah. Well, the question is his nickname, but it kind of rhymes with his name, so that's why I'm not giving it to you. I'm trying to see if you know it. Well, he was Dr. Uh, Song Soon, something like that. Yep, you're right. Dr. Noonien Soon. That's correct. What was his nickname? Um, Ooh. I, I, I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. I, 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 I know Daryl's chomping at the bit, right? Uh, I mean, I, I know he was named for Khan. I, I don't and know all that stuff. I just I can't. Think. Wow. All right. Well, it seems like none of us know it. I'll, I'll give it to you. It is often wrong. And that was divulged by Lore in the episode Brothers. Oh, right. Well, actually, it was in Data Lore, I think it was. Actually, excuse it, me. It was in Data yeah, Lore. Yeah, Data Lore. And they brought it back the, in Brothers. All right. Yeah. And they said, often wrong soon. Often wrong. And he goes, yeah, that was his his nickname. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. I Right, I'm digging deep, guy. Listen, I'm not playing. This this is this is serious. This is serious Trek talk. Wow, you did dig deep. All right, no points for for Richard on that one. So you got Nova Squadron, man. You pulled that out from somewhere, but you couldn't get off and wrong, huh? Shit, I got no points. <laughs> All right, let's see here. No, because okay. I am also often wrong. That's fine. Well, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself because this is all for fun. What is the first ship 
Riker is assigned to after Starfleet Academy. Is it the Potemkin? No. The Pegasus? Yes. But okay. I was giving it for Richard to try to redeem himself. Oh, I'm That's sorry. fine. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a toss-up. So. No, it's fine. It's all for fun. No, it was one of them. All right, I'm going to give Richard one more so he can redeem himself. This is for Richard, okay? <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is all right. This is, oh, God. That's, that's, all right, I'll, I'll save it for something else. Um, what is the name of Miles and Keiko O'Brien's first child? Um, wow. Damn, I mean, even, you. I didn't... If you didn't get the Nova Squadron, I wouldn't be killing you like this, man. Just letting you know. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm remembering their wedding, but okay. I'm trying to remember... Yeah, Data's Day. Data's Day was the wedding, right. But so it, they had a child. I'll give you a hint. It's a girl. Oh, Molly. Molly. There yeah. we go. I had that, too. There was even a DS9 episode. Remember that? Molly, go home. Molly. That's what I was thinking. Okay, yep. I don't know why I was thinking they had a son. And then when you said, uh-huh. yeah. They did have a son. They were like, uh, Yoshi. Kira Yoshi. Yeah, later. later because uh, uh, Kira had to hold the baby. Yep, so they named him Kira Yoshi or something was his, mm-hmm. uh, was his name. Yep. God, God child. Yeah. All right, cool. So moving on to number one, uh, my pick, obviously, and I'm sure as most of you guys, except for Jim, Best of Both Worlds, part one and two. Yeah, before we talk about that, yeah, I, I got to know, Jim, what beats that? Yeah, so because that, that's not my pick either. Oh, it's one. not your pick either? No, no it's not. Really? No. Wait a second. Dude. So you don't even have Best of Both Worlds in your top five? I've changed like Oh I've okay, hold on. Let's Star go through Trek. this then. Let's go through okay. this. All right, so mine okay, mine's about the both worlds. Yeah. Richard, obviously it's uh, yours too. We didn't invalidate our opinions, dude. Wow. <laughs> no, I just assumed <laughs> I just assumed Of course you, you just assumed we have the same thing as you. Well you know I, what I mean, happens when you make an assumption. Yeah, I know. I I that's, I, that's you, I think no. experiences change like age change. Wow. Like it used to be my number one, but as you know, you get older. I've found that it's not. All right, all right. So let me stop there. All right. So mine's best of both worlds. Uh, Richard, uh, what, what was yours then? Hold on. Go ahead, Richard. Best of both worlds. Fine. So that, we were knocked out. Daryl, what's yours? Family. Really? The one yes. after best of both worlds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good one. And that's the one that they uh, Ronald Moore had a fight to make. That they talked about this on the Blu-ray. Uh, mm-hmm. That nobody wanted to make this because they said, well, the ship didn't have an alien. There was no mm-hmm. villain for that week. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to be solved. It just was a filler episode. I like a human captain, and, and right. that was when he totally broke down. Oh, like that, that scene of him in the breaking mud. down. They beat me. <laughs> when he was telling his brother, they beat me. Wow, that was powerful. I fought them, and they beat me. Like That was yeah. one of the most best and most endearing, endearing scenes, hmm. I think, for, for uh, Patrick Stewart to watch. Yeah, it really added humanity to his character. I could watch him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I could watch that episode all the time just to get up to that point when he does that. And the yeah. other part with Worf. Worf's parents, yeah. Worf's parents. Yeah. Like, that was another thing with Worf where, you know, they had to tell him, you got to be a father, man. You got to step it up. Like, you can't neglect him like you've been doing yeah. and the thing about that episode like after Picard got taken from the Borg and rescued mm-hmm. like anytime the Borg were involved in anything with Picard he was just like you know he would be flashing back on being he got the shakes a little bit he started yeah. hearing the collective yeah I mean there was yeah, yeah there was yeah. a definite like effect, effect to his character 
it was like a drug on him. Like he was, you know, he got off of the drugs, mm-hmm. but if he was put in the position to have to be around it, he hears like, him. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's, you still want it. You still want that uh, call. Now, now it's funny. The reason that episode, again, if you didn't watch Best of Both Worlds, you'd have almost zero context to family. Yeah. Right, I mean, and, uh, but I mean, they do kind of explain it, and especially when he says it, he had the dialogue with his brother. I think we get it from how they how they kind of save that is that he had to tell his brother what happened, and that's and his brother kind of says it to him also. Yeah, he goes, "What what the I, devil happened to you up there?" or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah he has a line yeah. like that. Yeah, and he, and it's just it's tough. Like it's like, and you have those friends. I have those friends too. You that treat you differently like you have the friends that are, that give you the tough love when you need it and you have the friends that'll kind of be a little bit easier with you yeah he was a bully his, he was just, yeah. his brother kind of was like but he needed it though like his brother was kind of the thing he needed because he was he was kind of fooling himself like he right. wouldn't deal with it like he wouldn't talk he did i don't think he talked to troy about it like he should have right they hinted it, that at the beginning in, in the, in the yeah. cold open they did that, he wouldn't yeah. admit it he wouldn't admit that pain and you can't get past it if you don't admit the pain and his brother was like i see through you i know what's what's up with you and you're running you're being a coward that's not you right. and i'm not gonna let you sit there and do that you're gonna hide like, in the ocean with your friend or something yeah, like that. you're yeah. not hiding with me i know you like and that's <laughs> and that i love that like that's star trek like that's yeah. You know, like that's a, especially a, a, a the original series type of thing. They were they got more into that in that show and in D- DS Nine. Like the Next Generation kind of didn't do it as much with the captain. I no, think. no, you're right, and it set up a big plot point for the movie Star Trek Generations. Oh yeah, totally. Written, written by Ronald Moore, I guess as well. Oh. But I mean, yeah, that was um, yeah, where they where they die. Actually, mm-hmm. so spoiler alert. Sorry, mm-hmm. hated that they did kill them. Renee, all. Renee, and Robert didn't make it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hated that. Yeah. Mm. Wow. All right. So, um, I guess it's on to Jim. What is what is your number one, Jim? My number one is all good things. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You said it was and a two parter. I was trying to remember which. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. okay. It's there are so many series that uh, that don't end well. You know, I mean, the the mm-hmm. very few really truly great television series that don't have an ending worthy of the greatness of the show. Right. And I really think All Good Things is probably one of the best endings to any series ever. I think it's great. I think it's, it stands on its own almost as a movie on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, the time travel isn't too confusing, and it ties everything back to the very first episode. Encounter at Farpoint right. is like a bookend to it. Oh, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Well, it's a better movie than Generations is, really. Probably, I would rather watch that stronger than the right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a stronger. Story. But I, re- I, I, I loved it a lot as a capstone, and like to to end that series, I thought it was perfect. Yeah, and like to you know to say goodbye to those characters. That's the way that they should go out. It showed them you know past, present, and future. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, everything and the, like I said, the way it, it, it was like a Mobius strip and turned back on itself to episode one. You know, countered Farpoint and Q and all that. It just was kind of a mind blower. So I, I love all good things. I think it's one of the best endings to a series. Uh, absolutely. Which I almost said that. I'll we, agree with that. I almost had it on my list, but it, it's, it's under there. It's but, under though, there. The Voyager one was pretty good. And DS9 was okay, but I mean, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, think of like great shows like like that didn't stick the landing. You know what I mean? Like, mm, like yeah. The Sopranos or Seinfeld. Okay, that was, that, that's true. Right. That's a letdown. Yeah, DS9 like, was emotional. That, that was yeah, nice. yeah. That was an emotion. Yeah, you, and, and this you was cry, that too. It's all good things. But you I mean, knew they were going to the movie, so it like right. But it kind of it was cool to kind of see yeah. like not only do you see the characters having 
you know, the, the, the adventure in the present day, but you get to look like 20 years in the future, what could be. Right. You know right. what I mean? And like, right. you, it's kind of a good way to say goodbye to those characters because you're going to think, well, they're okay. This is what happens. You know, look, you know, Jordy becomes a professor and, uh, you know, Crusher and Picard get married and, you know. He does uh, hook up with Leah Brahms and take them. Yeah, they get married. Right. Years, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Eventually. But, um, but yeah, I really, I really, I, I, I really credit a show that can end well, and I mm-hmm. thought that was a really great ending to the to this series. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a little different thoughts about all good things, but I I, I respect your pick of it. I, I really do. I thought it was it was good. It, it stands nicely. And any any episode with Q really can't be that bad. Let's be yeah. honest, right there. I mean, he's John Delancey, although it wasn't in any any of our top fives, which is interesting. Um, because I was actually I was wrestling with Tapestry, to be honest with you, for a while hmm, to be okay. in the top five. Too, yeah. hmm. I was right, and I'll give it an honorable mention. But I mean, um, yeah, he's he really elevates the episodes. Well, for at least for me and Richard, we picked best of both worlds. Let's jump into a little uh, little Borg action. What do you think? Visual range on screen. Magnify. Dispatch a subspace message to Admiral Hanson. We have engaged the Borg. Data. Fluctuate phaser resonance frequencies. Random settings keep them changing. Don't give them time to adapt. Beam has been released. Warp 9, course 151, Mark 330. Engage. I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. Whoa. Mr. Worf. Fire. And there goes your summer. Yeah, <laughs> that, that killed me. I was brutal. I was like, "What am I supposed oh, to do with that?" I, oh. and know, there were yeah. there were talk of of actually killing off Picard. Like, oh yeah, that was, they were saying mm-hmm. it like it, you know, tongue in cheek that they were going to do that. And, and you know, I I went to the screening. They had this uh, Fathom events where they actually did the best of both worlds one and two as one kind of movie. Mm. At, at, on a, at a movie theater, but they didn't have that little to be continued. Th- they cut it out. You know, they right. made it just. I'm like, no, it's like the best part with that music, yeah, and it kind of yeah. comes up. Dun, I'm dun, like, dun, no, dun, dun, dun. that was yeah, such <laughs> a cliffhanger. That that was awesome. music, man. Awesome cliffhanger. Exactly. But, yeah. I was like, no. And Shelby June to oh, September of that year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Shelby. Was excruciating. Oh, I mean, yeah. every. Yeah. Was it 1990, 91? When was it? 90, right? It was 90. It was that summer. I I remember because I was going into my senior year of high school. And I just just remember that with me and all my nerdy friends, man, every visit to the LCS, we talked about this. 
every D and D session. We were talking about this <laughs> when oh, we wow. were meeting up to go see summer movies. We were talking about this. I mean, every wild possible theory that how, a how many nerd, nerd conversations up. did you have about? Well, then Riker will be the captain, and what right, exactly. stories <laughs> be after this? And, and Patrick Stewart's getting old. Yeah, that's it. yeah, I mean, I mean, it was so many. It was, but. Uh, I, 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 in a way, envy Jim because he got a solution 24 hours later. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know that I would trade all those awesome conversations throughout that summer to have it 24 hours. Oh, we just had to eat that. We just had to deal with it. (laughs) Because, I mean, honestly, it's not that that was the first cliffhanger on a television show to go into a summer, I'm sure. Oh, no, no. It's the first one that I remember that actually just had... Oh, the big Shrek. Yeah, I mean, but I just, I don't remember... You know, before that, I was watching A Team and Dukes of Hazard and that kind of stuff. There was stuff. no cliffhangers like that. No, no. You know, it was all packaged neatly for syndication. There, right. When only the soap operas would have frozen that. in midair, going over a bridge yeah. and off a cliff. You know, well, only only I, soap operas like people that watch soap operas they had those cliffhangers right. of characters dying and stuff like that. Well, but we but, didn't but that wasn't that. syndicated television though. That was right. like just every but, day of the week thing. That and was they, every day of the week. They week. didn't want this stuff because what if they play them out of order, which happens sometimes in syndication? They don't want these two parters. That was the battle like right. they constantly had that fight with with uh with Berman and then Berman uh with the studio about that like to to have episodic television yeah that was such a battle and look what happened with enterprise i mean it turned into one long episode at the end there oh totally yeah a, yeah even the dominion war stuff like if you if you tuned out of like season seven if you missed mm-hmm. a couple episodes mm-hmm. of ds9 you're like, what? Wait a second. The Dominion's in charge of the station now? What What? What did I miss? Like, what the hell's yeah. going on here? Well, JMS, uh, yeah. who was doing Babylon 5. Babylon 5, Straczynski, yep. Uh-huh. All after season one, his entire show of that was tied together. It was like one long comic. Yes. Like, the yeah. way that he wrote those stories. So, like, it moved. It changed TV. Like, the way that uh, TV was written for uh, genre television. Daryl, if you go to Zaha Doom, you will die. That's all I'm going to say. You will die. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to Zaha Doom, you will die. <laughs> oh, so. Oh, and even Peter David uh, kind of brought some of that uh, to, to the forefront with he took the character of Shelby. And put that in his New Frontier story. That I remember. That I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And and he had a dream of foreshadowing that he would marry a girl with blonde hair. Like, that was kind of his... His thing, like he knew. They also did the thing of remember when Kirk would do the "I know when I'm gonna die." Like I kind of right, I'll be alone or that. something. Yeah, Calhoun did the same thing. He was like, "I know the day that I'm going to die." Like he, so he's not, he's never afraid. Like he's like, "I know, I know when I'm going to die, and this is not the day." Like that's that's kind of a lot of that stuff was put in there. So I love it. Like it, a lot of stuff came out of uh, of this episode. This, these episodes uh, that they used. Shoot, that pushed Voyager all the way to the end of the Oh, yeah. Well, the show. movie, well, yeah, it set, up, it set up First Contact, which then, yeah. you said, that, that First Contact projected Voyager into, yeah, mm-hmm. into that whole, the whole Well, just thing. the popularity of the Borg alone, right. just, it, it, they just did not, they did not foresee. I mean, there's still Borg people dressing up going to cons today. But they stumbled a bit. Like, Iborg was pretty good, although it didn't make any of our top fives. No. Right? I don't think well, it I, I loved, I loved Iborg. It wasn't a complete strong episode, though. Okay. I think. 
It, it was. Mm. It had good. St- it had a good premise, but I don't. You were still afraid of the Borg at that point, right? But yeah. then, then they went to the, the descent with Lore running them. It's like, what? What the hell's going on with that? That they were talking and they were moving fast. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That yeah. was that. Was, then the Borg went off the chain at that point. That was. Well, like, they what? weren't meant to be long term. They were meant to be a threat that they stopped. Yeah. You know, after a while, it's like, what can you do with the Borg? Like, if they're that dangerous, they just take us down. We're Talk done. to Captain Janeway. She'll tell you what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll get another Janeway to help her. <laughs> she'll kill the queen again. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so let's do a quick trivia. I think, Jim, you're up. Uh, oh, let's see here. For points. Okay, no this way. one. I'm not going to throw you another softball one, but maybe. Uh, let's see here. All right. Let's see if you can do this one. Since we were talking about it in family. What is the name of Picard's hometown? It's something French. All right, it's, it's something comma <laughs> right. France. Yes, it's in France. Right. right. What's That's the town in France? Yeah. Trinidad, where um, um, ooh, this Port du Picard. Not the Port du Picard. All right, I'll, I'll give it to anyone for a, for a bonus point. Anyone else? I don't. That's all I know is in Paris. I don't. Wow. Don't it's La Bar de France. La Bar. No, I wouldn't have remembered that. All right, this is a tough one, guys. Yeah. I thought I was dealing with some tough Trek, trek heads here. I, I, I got oh. the hard quiz. I didn't get the medium one. I got the extra extra hard one here. We know the heart of Trek. We just don't know all the details. That's all right. All right, this will be a little bit softer for you, Jim. Yeah, I know you can get this one. Who mm. is the Academy Gardener who befriended Captain Picard and Wesley Crusher? <gasps> What's his name? <laughs> no, it's not that. Uh, Mr. Green Jeans. I have no idea. He played myself. Marvin the Martian. He played Marvin the Martian. Yeah, he did, he did. actually. Yeah. I, I can. Is it up for steal? Uh, if Jim uh, can't get it, it's a, no, it's up for steal. Totally. Go ahead. Go ahead. Boothby. Boothby. Thank yeah. you. Because yes. he was in uh, Voyager, and he came back yep. in that. Yep. In a way, he came back in that. Um, did he? Wait a second. Yeah, he came back as like because they were four seven two, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they um, made a they turned themselves they turned a planet into a, a, the academy to kind of learn their enemy. But the, yeah, because they never went back to Starfleet Academy because they were in the Delta Quadrant. So yeah, right, right that was right. it. Huh. They were trying to learn the enemy and find out. How Although they could... was it, was he in two episodes of Next Generation? No, just the one with Wesley Crusher, and that was it, right? Yeah, one with Wesley Crusher. And... I remember he him bringing roses to Janeway. Right. Right. But, I remember that. Well, yeah. she said it. You didn't see it. Like he, he said, "Oh, she, he'd bring me roses every day or something." And yeah, yeah. and then that, that was species eight four seven two. That wasn't even like really him. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't him. Him. That right. was. That was still the alien made to look like him. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good deal. Uh, let's just throw one more trivia question up, just for the heck of it, because you guys are doing pretty good with this. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> okay. What is Troy's favorite food? Anyone? Oh, ice cream? Was it ice cream? Well, kind of. What flavor? Yeah. Uh, strawberry? No. Chocolate. Chocolate is right. Oh, right. Okay. All right. And let's see here. All right, the last one, and this is really tough. So whoever gets this one can win the game, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is a name one again. Oh, no. All right. oh, boy. What is Beverly Crusher's maiden name? Oof. They had an episode about it. Oh, man. With that Dude, lover guy with the green eyes. Come yeah, on. Yeah, when she went back to her grandmother's yep. estate. Yep. yep. What was the name of the grandmother? She had what was ghost her? sex. 
You go, she did have ghost sex. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? Uh, With the candle. Oh yeah. Williams. Howard. Howard. Richard. Oh, Woo! Look at you, man. Richard. It was Howard. You're right. Wow. wow. So, Richard, with that, between that and Nova Squadron, we, you redeemed yourself. Yes. Congratulations. All right. So, guys, Next Generation, um, what a great show. I mean, hell, we really just, we covered it pretty much uh, stem to stern. And uh, it set the table for so much great television afterwards between Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then beyond. The movies... Uh, this this show really did something amazing. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there real quick? Oh, or, yeah, um, um, you know, one of them is yesterday's Enterprise. That oh, was that was yeah, that was honorable mention too. That was a great it, one. It's hard not to put it in the top five, but it's like eh. yeah, yeah. It was a dark one too, man. It was it so was. much they could have did with that. Like uh, yeah, later on, I mean, it was uh, and it went back to Worf and the Kittimer Chords. Yep, and, like. It had to happen. This is a tragedy that that uh, stemmed and the only guy knew. She's the only one that knew that something only changed. Only one. Yeah. Only one. Mysterious hmm. Guinan. Uh, I I had to throw in because this one came very close to my top five, but it's one of the from the first season. Okay. And that is the Naked Now. The first ep- That's like the first episode, wasn't it? After Farpoint. Was it? Was it? I, I don't even. Remember, I just remember it was from the first. Season. I think it's like the first one-hour episode of. Oh, that's when Data and Tasha Yar got a little. Oh well, yeah, when you, he's fully functional. He's, and, uh, multiple uh, techniques. I just I love the whole link to the Naked Time from the original series. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I just I, it it it. I think that in itself, with the lore of everything that happened between those two different episodes of the original and Next Generation. Um, I don't know. I think that was what I enjoyed about it because when you really watch it, it's not that great of a production, but the story and the link to the history of Trek is just, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to shout out unification. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Spock. The two part of a Spock yeah. and undercover on Romulus and mm-hmm. like how Chatting that played into the, yeah. And that plays into the whole lore going forward, you know, of like, you know, right. trying to, you know, Vulcan and Romulus, uh, trying to reunite as one race. And like, it was, it was super cool. It was like, like Sarek was sad. Uh, Sarek was, was another one. Sarek, you mean yeah. him dying in unification or you mean the no, episode no, no. Sarek. Sarek? Uh, there was an episode called Sarek, wasn't Sarek, Sarek right. mm-hmm. yeah. where he couldn't he kind of losing his memory. Yeah, because in the in the the prime universe, what's sad is Spock never got a chance to mind meld with his father, and that's something a right. father son uh, that they do. It's a heritage. You get to you get to actually share each other's you know thoughts and and feelings about each other and and family and stuff. Like you get no no closer with your with your parent than that, and he never got a chance to uh, to experience that with his father. You had to get it through Picard. You had mm-hmm. to kind of pass it to him, and but he did get a t- yeah he got a touched uh, he touched it through Picard right he mm-hmm. it with him yeah huh. I also like the episode uh, Frame of Mind where Riker wakes up <laughs> Crazy. and he thinks and he thinks you know he thinks his all his whole life in the Enterprise was a dream his and face keeps getting there's cut a open lot right of those now. episodes remember remember yeah, the yeah. one with Troy where she woke up as a Romulan she didn't know right. why and right. <laughs> They did a lot of those. They're undercover for so they don't mess up with the prime directive. A lot of brainwash ones. Oh, Data's Day. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a nice lighthearted day in the like a day in the life of the Enterprise type of thing. uh, Yeah. Yeah, trying to trying to uh, uh, 
a robot trying to deal with uh, a, a wedding and a, and a and a bridezilla's uh, <laughs> logic. Like he's like Chief O'Brien. Uh, I have good news. The wedding yeah. is off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, why are you upset? I don't understand. <laughs> You know, like, it was just funny to kind of hear him kind of say, like, things you don't say, you know, like when they're, you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're emotional and it's just things that you have to understand. Him not understanding, it was just so funny to hear him as he's trying to get it, like he's trying to respond and and and, and do everything right for everybody and everyone's mad. Like, no one's happy with anything he's done. <laughs> Yeah, the episode of The Offspring was cool, too. Yeah, with Lol. Data made Lol. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one, too. Mm-hmm. I had Tapestry, like I said. That was uh, that was up there for me uh, with Q. That that just seemed like a really good episode because at the end you see Picard really being thankful that he's alive and he's even like laughing on the on the bed uh, at the end there. And, um, mm-hmm. Q, and Q has some great moments. Like they're in bed together and Q like says, good morning, sweetheart, or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He asks for him so much. And he's like the bartender one minute. He's in bed with him. I mean, he, he just jumped into that episode so well. I love that that part of it. You never get why. Like you never get a chance to explain why did Q pick Picard. Like you, you keep thinking there's something in particular they wanted. I think he was near death. I think he wasn't dead, but he was really close. And Q sensed it and said, okay. I'm gonna teach this guy another lesson. I'm gonna say, you know, he thinks that he's he's regretful. Well, wait, watch this now, and uh, he did him a favor. Actually, is what he did. Well, there was a book that I liked where it had um, people could submit uh, their short stories to start into uh, Star Trek, and they would pick the best out of them and then publish the book. And I read those stories, and one of the st- one of the short stories was so amazing. It basically had it that. Q is walking around. The, the Borg came in and just decimated the entire Federation. Oh, wow. And no one knew about it. This is before he sent Picard out, before he took the ship out in that episode. Q-Who. To, and Q-Who. So this is what they're saying is Q, in the future, he knows that if they don't know about the Borg, they will not be ready. So that's why, without telling uh, Picard, he did that on purpose. He did him a favor, absolutely. Right, he did, he did it a yeah. favor to save the humanity because Q, you think of Q as just irresponsible and, and, and you know, a jerk and all this kind of stuff. But actually, he really does care about humanity and he didn't want them to die. And this was his, this was him sneaking in to help. Like, they're not supposed to help us. Look, Picard even but, says it at the end, though. He, yeah. goes, he gave us a kick in our complacency or something. Mm-hmm, I, think, I think that mm-hmm. was the line that he had at the end. And, it, and yeah. there's a scene of him walking through the Enterprise where everyone is, is, is uh, part of the Borg collective oh, now. Wow. And he's walking through it and they're describing the area and they're describing like the, the Earth is like a Borg cube now. Like it's all been just taken over. And and at the end of it, you see, uh, they, you know, Q is like he's made a decision and what he has to do. And then it, it's so, it's such a great story, short story. It's really short story, but it's just... It's just like it's almost like it is. It's like it feels like it is canon because it does fit. Like it, it kind of gives him a reason of why he does the things that he does without kind of saying it. So I love that story. If people can find that. It, it's definitely got some good uh, Trek stories in there. No, that's definitely a good one. I also had uh, Ensign Row was up there for me too, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, she was up. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. had uh, The Nth Degree. That was the one with, with, with uh. Barkley. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he became the super computer guy, and, I, and right. the reason right. again, I know it seems kind of corny that episode. Oh, but that's I, a good one. Yes, I just like it because 
it's Star Trek because at the end they meet this yeah. advanced species and it's like they they share information and it's like everything ended up okay and like that was just cool mm-hmm. and Barkley had retained some of that so I just for some reason that episode always stuck with me and believe it or not you guys may think I'm totally crazy but the first season episode is we'll always have Paris now I I don't know why but this episode works for me. And I, I just don't get why. Maybe you guys can explain to me why I like it, because I, I can't figure it out. But I think it's for the first season, it's like almost pretty good. And those are my honorable mentions. Because hmm. that, that Dr. Mannheim thing with, with the time uh-huh. and the hiccups and the... Uh-huh. I just kind of like that whole, that whole theory and the, his ex-girlfriend. And I don't know. It's like he's yelling at the hologram. Ah, enough with this foolishness and walks <laughs> out. And, yeah. I don't know. I did, I did like the episode of the guy who... Um, I think it was Matt Furrer. He was the uh, Max Hedrum. Yeah, he's the, well, the guy who played Max Hedrum. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They thought he was the time traveler from the future. Yeah, he lies. Berlinghoff, Rasmussen, he was, or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah. He was actually just like, uh, he had stolen it from the actual time travel. Mm-hmm. I also remember uh, the game, because we were talking yes. about, we made a reference this the other day when we were talking about Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> the episode Pokemon Go is the game. <laughs> yeah, where they get like, all addicted to that game, um, except for. Except for Wesley and his girlfriend. That's right. Ashley Judd. What was the episode? There was one that I wish they had. Like, there's some things that at TNG that I wish they had uh, stayed with and kind of did more stories with. And one of them was Data and him getting emotions before he got the chip. Mm. And the one where he was captured by this person who kind of like the collector of, of things. Oh, yeah. Saul Rubinick. And the guy was like, I'm going to keep coming after you until I get you. And he pulled the like Gata had the had the a gun disruptor, on yep. him, mm-hmm. the disruptor. And it was set to kill. And he was standing there and he was like, you know, t- t- for him to stop. And when the guy said that, Data pushed that button. Like he killed, he he set out to murder that yep, guy. Yep, because Chief O'Brien says, whoa, 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 that gun's been fired. And, and then, yeah. yeah they, <laughs> and, and then Data pulls back like, oh, like it was nothing. Like he just... Uh, yeah, because Data said that when he goes, this this can't continue. He said something like that. Like, yeah, he had yeah. His, yeah, he can't live as a slave. It just wasn't going to work for him. And uh, I mean, in that, I thought that was I called wish- the most toys. I think that episode was okay. called. Yeah, I with, with Saul. Totally wish that they had, and I know they wanted to. There were there were some of the writers who really wanted to push the envelope with that, and they just kept pulling them back and kind of re, you know putting them right back at the beginning again. A little trivia with that episode. Saul Rubinick wasn't originally cast. It was this midget guy. I forget his name. He's a British ah. midget. Uh, and please, I, I just, I'm very bad with actors' names, but he committed suicide halfway through the filming of the show. Oh, wow. Not at the set, but whatever, at home. But, yeah, but he died, yeah. So they had to quickly recast it. Never and, do that. and Brent Spiner was friends with Saul Rubinick, like through just character acting in the 80s and whatever, you know. Night quarter, who knows? And they just became friends. So he says, "Saul, we need you, man, because we need a good actor to fill this part." The, the, you know, and Saul came in and just took it like that because he he wouldn't be fooling around with Star Trek. He was a pretty big actor at that time, right? Right. He was doing movies and stuff, and uh, he came in and did it for him. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It, you got to get the Blu-rays. Man. There's a lot of good stuff on those Blu-rays. I got to oh. tell you. Yeah, because they even showed the footage of that, that British midget um, oh. actor. Again. I've, I'm very poor with names, but they show some of like the screen tests and stuff they had with him, and some of the uh, sh- scenes that they had already shot. Another uh, honorable mention for me is uh, the Royale. The yeah, Hotel okay. Royale. That I could dig that, that one. one. Yeah, I mean, I I love the the uh, old um, Bond book 
by Ian Fleming, uh, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. How this kind of you know picked from that it was kind of cool. So yeah, I liked it. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Data fixes the dice, and yeah, it's, it's I had fun with that one too. Huh? There's not much bad episodes, but there are some not so great moments. I actually did take a minute. If you guys want to hear, I put together a little crip crip of some pretty painful moments. In the next generation. Oh, God, okay. Let, let me play that real quick for you guys. And Masaka is your queen. If you can name the episode, I'll give you points. Creature. She spends most of her time sleeping. Problem is, what she does when she's awake. Well, why didn't anybody tell him? There was no opportunity. There was no pause. He just kept talking in <laughs> one long incredibly unbroken sentence moving from topic to topic so that no one had a chance to interrupt it was really quite hypnotic <laughs> back when i was in the academy we would follow every toast with a song i wonder if i can oh yes <clears throat> richard you, you can sing along if you want richard to glory we stand <laughs> To find something new in this wonderful year To honor we call you as free men as well For who are so free as the sons of the waves Are the Volcana ships, jolly cars are our men We always are ready, steady boys, steady We'll fight and we'll conquer again and again Come cheer up my lads, tis to glory we steer find something new What's the captain up to? That's not the captain I know. <laughs> but I've had 15 years to practice. Oh, this is a good one. Well, let's see if you've learned anything. Jim, oh, you've been yeah. practicing your Ambo Jitsu, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised it never went back to Ambo Jitsu. It just never, never became a <laughs> no. thing, huh? I will beat you in Hello Kitty Tetris. Gatomas. <laughs> <laughs> And you find out Pulaski was a little bit of a wild child. She she liked she liked the Kyle Riker, huh? She, yeah. the, I hated yeah. that character. I this, could not. Stand I hated this episode. Yeah, totally. I think she did a little something with Worf too in that episode where he got the measles. Remember they had a drink. <laughs> that was the, the bonding or drink. something, I think, or whatever. They had she a bonding. I think the they did a little something, something. Yeah. Pulaski gave Worf the measles. The, the tea ceremony, right? Yeah. Yep. She wants some yep. of those. <laughs> she wants some of Worf's measles. Took the antidote. I think I have one more after this. You were too young to understand, and I was too hurt to explain. <laughs> oh god, it's terrible! You I came here. You had a strange way of showing it. I came here thinking we could talk this out. Instead, you went and played ninjutsu. That's it. Yeah. So that was that was some bad moments. Next generation. <laughs> and bujitsu. All right, guys. So. Great talk. I really enjoyed speaking to Next Generation with you guys. Let's talk for a few minutes, uh, wrap it up. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, you all saw it, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Just quick, quick thoughts, just, you know, just quick bullet points. You know, like it, didn't like it, you know, just take it away. It's, it's my favorite Abram verse uh, Star yeah. Trek movie. I love yep. it. Okay. I it was great. 
Okay, so you said loved it. So okay, I just I, I have a problem with the JJ verse. So I'll say I liked it out of the three. I'm not saying I'm not gonna say I loved it, but it was good. I oh, I I think he did a great job. I think they did a great job with uh, in this movie. It's not really JJ Abrams, but this right. one. But right. um, they did a great job of kind of calling back and doing a lot with uh, how Kirk feels and and going through what he's going through and how that. It's kind of a callback. To, that really is a callback to Khan and uh, Wrath of Khan. And he felt like he was getting old. He was lives. getting worn out. He wanted the yeah. Because yeah. this is a Kirk where every he's had tragedy and everything. He's done everything early. Like well, he comments, happened. he's now a year older than his dad was when he died. Mm-hmm. Right. But when he, he when drinking. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying everything with him jump started. Like he, you know, his father dying that set him on a different path. Is is becoming a captain so early. Uh, saving the universe twice already uh, with people with mastered weapons and stuff that he they, they had to stop him um, and dying. I mean, they, you know, like I know people hated that death, but still he did die and come mm-hmm. back. I mean, that's something that will, you know, that has to do something to you. So it messed him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it had to mess you up a little bit. And, and everything is different to you now. It's like this. And this is a guy that got everything he wanted. He thought he wanted. He got it. So right. now what? So the Franklin, just explain this to me real quick. Mm-hmm. Is it before the NX01? That's what the internet is saying. It was pre- That's the quirk cuz it should if it's be, if it's that class, it should be warp 5. It should not be a four uh, only a warp 4 ship. See, I, I think they I think they blew the five. continuity a little bit there because they they're saying it was right, it was warp 4 mm-hmm. and the NX01 was the first warp 5 ship. Yeah. So what they're saying was was the Franklin just a it was because I mean, I the they had planetary ships, and then they had the 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 ships that the Enterprise used. That was the first one, the but, prototype for that. And, but before that, there were only the planetary ships that didn't have warp. Like that's what, yeah, any, like it felt like the, the Starfleet basically just just took control of the solar system, and that was it. And until Enterprise, and then when Enterprise was launched, they, they, it was their first venture out into deep space. That's mm-hmm. what it seemed like. Besides the freighters and stuff that were out there, I mean, doing whatever. So we're, so the Franklin is, is pre NX01. Is that kind of where it fits in? I guess that's what they're saying. I don't know. I'm think the design, the way the design looks. I think I, I it looks think it looks so. like the NX01 in a lot of ways. It does. Yeah. It does. I mean, they had the the plating, the whole the the armor plating, right, right. The face, the face cannons, the yeah. You know, so I'm thinking it has to be. It's just it's just a quirk. It's I mean, just, all right. I'll let it go. I just you know I didn't. I don't know. Like the the whole JJ verse doesn't sit well with me to be honest with you. Anyway. I'm, I'm I'm accepting it. I was one of the first ones to watch the movie. I'll, I do my part as a Star Trek fan, but I just, you know, I didn't <laughs> do your part. I do. I do, I, I, I do my part. I really love the JJ verse down to <laughs> how it how they have the uh, um, IDW comic. I mean, all yeah, of that. I do too. Tying mm. that all together. Too. Now I'm a little behind on the comic, but I mean, I just I. I'm very accepting of it, and you know, the I had a lot of problems with the last one. Um, but not thinking. enough to totally dislike it. But I definitely had some problems with I'm, what they did with Khan. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad they, they they changed screenwriters and then they changed directors on this. It made a big difference. Um, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Kurtzman and Orsi, you know, they did fine with the first one, and then Into Darkness. I didn't think it was as good as the first one, but that's you know, my opinion or whatever. But I mean, going with Simon Pegg and his writing partner Doug Yoon, and then uh, you know Justin Lin directing this, right? Like, really made a big difference for me in like just tone and um, pacing exactly. and just the way the movie looked. Like the I, there wasn't 
I, it wasn't a movie that felt rushed, but then it didn't feel like it was bogged down at any point either. I kept moving. And it was rushed. <laughs> I was well, disappointed when it, it was, was over. I was yeah. disappointed when it was over because it was over. I mean, yeah. I, I was enjoying it and so immersed into it that I just, time flew by and I was like, that's it? Well, they deserve a lot of credit because they really were on the gun to get this done. When they did, they didn't really get, like, you get a lot of leeway, you get time to prepare. Because they threw out a script, right? They had one script yeah, and they threw it so, out and then they went with another one. Yeah. So when this group got together, it was pretty much, they were up up until the week, <laughs> the last week of everything. They were still trying to get stuff together for the movie. Like, when they were talking about it, I was listening to some interviews with the director and the and and the two writers that have been on worked on the project, so it, it's amazing that it is as good as it was because it didn't feel like it when I watched and it. If it you're a fan like of it. Simon Pegg and a fan of Star Trek at the same time, you can feel his guiding hand of the voice of the Star Trek fan through the entire DNA of this film. It's very well done. It's interesting though that, um, and I'm, I'm not. This is in no way a slam on the movie, but it kind of took a page out of the Star Wars book by having multiple character threads going on at the same time, so that when yep. you're you're with one set of characters, and by the time something happens with them, you're moving on to the next. I'm okay with that. To the next. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. With and that. I was totally cool with that structuring because it kept the movie moving along. You know, at some points yeah. I thought Into Darkness kind of bogged down. And it, the 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 fan service or whatever in this movie was more thematic. It was more subtle, like the the scene where he you know he finds out about Spock and they hand him just the picture, right? And then he's going through Spock's effects later and he sees the original crew and that kind of that hollow picture or whatever. That was that pretty was, cool, actually. That was well, pretty it was almost like episodes. episodes. Yeah. It was it was almost like um, they it did was, what they did with this movie is what they would do if they had multiple episodes to do it. Like the first beginning of the the movie, felt so much like a, a, a the original series episode of them going to yep. a space station to unwind and then something happening at that you know the space station they have to go investigate like that's an episode. It's a weird like, space station though. I don't understand that whole Yorktown thing. Was that like a Dyson sphere or something? What what the heck was kinda that? Kind of is yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I loved it. I thought Dyson it was sphere. cool. Yeah, it, it's yeah. so science fiction looking. Like, yeah, it's like what the hell? That, I'm thinking of the star base, the usual mushroom shaped, you know, whatever they pull in and that, that's you know. But it makes sense they would want to make a self sustaining uh, space station, especially if you're that far away from anything. It's got an but, atmosphere and all that. Yeah, in there. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of different. I mean, Justin Lin is known for action. He delivers on this, and like, mm-hmm. I'm glad the character moments are there. It's, yeah, they're peppered through rather than it being bogged down with character development and exposition. It's just Jayla. like, yeah, she's maybe, good. maybe we'll get that. I hopefully for the next. They already, hopefully it'll continue. I mean, it wasn't released worldwide yet, right? It I think just, it's out now. I don't know. I'm not sure. When mm-hmm. I looked at the thing, they only had the the numbers for the states. So, like, China doesn't States. have it yet or something? You, yeah, well, they didn't they have, have it. They have the bootleg, but they don't have it in theaters yet. Okay. Exactly. They don't have it out. That, so, I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but I hope. Uh, right now, domestic, it's $105 million, almost 106 and foreign has brought in $54 million. Okay, so, it, it, it did its job. Not, it did its yeah. job. It'll keep going yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I just, you know, it's funny, though. Again, maybe I'm just a hater, but, I mean, I when they were rebuilding the the – NCC 1701A. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that it would turn into the actual t- the movie 
A. Like, it would be like that one. Like, the, like I was wondering if they were going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it'll actually go back to the real Enterprise. Like, you know what well, I mean? Well, they kind of opened Ugly looking it, one. They kind of yeah. opened up the door for the Excelsior to be built. Because yeah. they said, for that, they said that they're building an experimental one, but it's not yeah. done yet. But it looked mm. the same as the regular. It didn't even change. Yeah, but like, I'm saying, yeah. I don't think that that's the experimental one because they built that from scratch. If you see how fast they did it, it, it right, wasn't. Right, it up. It wasn't. Now, it, it started from nothing and built it up, and then they yeah. made, built was, the Enterprise. So I think it's they had already said that they had started that one already, the experimental one. Now, so I think yeah. it's Elsier. Is it sticking with the way it was in the original universe of A is actually the first Enterprise class, and the the Enterprise we had before this was Constitution class? Well, no, no, it wasn't. A, a wasn't no. Enterprise class. It was it was a Constitution class that was redesignated uh, Enterprise. Right. right. And like the it was series, the USS Yorktown or something right. like that, and they renamed it right. to whatever the name was, and they renamed it to the Enterprise yeah. A for the Captain Kirk and his. Because in the know. series, all of them were kind of Constellation oh. class ships and Constitution. The, and, Constitution class ships, right. and then when they got to the movies, then they did the the A, the B, the designation. Well, yeah, but the, at some point, I thought it became the Enterprise class. No, oh, okay. no, 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 it was, no. It was Constitution. It was technically Constitution class right. refit, refit. That's what they called the it. So the new cells. Ship, the first ship, if I'm not mistaken, different, different. Uh, class was the Excelsior class, wasn't that it? That was B, and that was an Excelsior class, right? Right. right. C, C was an, Excelsior. C, C C was what? Ambassador class. And then D, of course, was, was Galaxy. Galaxy class. And yeah. then what was the E, guys? Oh, I'm getting you guys tonight. I'm really getting you on oh, the trivia man. tonight. I'm, I'm killing you guys class. tonight. Sovereign class. Sovereign class. You got ah, it. That's yes. right. I'm back <laughs> in the game. Man, you guys are a bunch of damn nerds. <laughs> All right, what was Voyager, real quick? Oh man, uh, you know I don't know. I know I'm not. All right, all right. the ship is docked in New York. The USS. It's in the west side of New York. Come on, Daryl. USS Intrepid. Intrepid. Intrepid class. Oh, yep. Damn. Yeah. And they barely ever say the class of that ship. No, they don't. It's not mentioned. All the Star Trek enough. series, Voyager's the one that I know the least about, and I kind of, I'm pretty sure I missed a lot of the episodes. Just wasn't as big a Voyager fan. Now the Defiant was the Defiant class. Just oh, so yeah. you know, that was its own class, right? So they had they had multiple Defiants out. Well, different names, obviously, but the Defiant was the Defiant class. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, did you have some news about the new Discovery series, Daryl? Because you just came back from Ca- uh, Comic-Con, and you said you had some little nuggets you want to share with well, us about. Some of the stuff they put out is that it, this is going to be set after Undiscovered Country. This is the new series on CBS. Yeah. Yeah. It'll air the first episode on TV, and the rest will be on CBS All Access. Yeah, and if you're not in the United States, the series will be on Netflix. If you're not in the United States. Not in the United States. States. Okay, gotcha. Right. And you... Just so it's, it's between Undiscovered Country and Encounter at Farpoint, basically. Yes. It's right in yeah. that in that little sweet spot. It's like and that seventy sweet years. Spot. So we well, we will probably uh, get a lot of the the stuff with the Klingons. We'll probably get more stuff with uh, probably maybe the, some of the Cardassians. That like these is when these races were starting to branch out as well. Like I, that I, I'd love to see Terok Nor being built or something. You know what I mean? I would uh, love. Yeah, some nice callbacks there. Love you know. to see that. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things they can do. I'm sure they won't do that fan service, we, even though we're, we're dying for it after this JJ oh, stuff. But I hope so. I yeah. hope so. And it is set in the Prime Universe, so it's not in the JJ verse. It is no, it's not in the JJ verse. It's right. in the Prime Universe, so they they can pull from. I mean, I I'm pretty sure we'll see some Mike and Dorn uh, um, Klingon 
stuff going on. He could play his grandfather if he really wanted. Well, he to. he played that role in 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 uh, Undiscovered Country as a lawyer. Yeah, as Worf, and he was so his he name was keep Worf. That. Yeah, you can keep going with that. And Worf yeah. was the father of Moog, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. So they can keep that going. Just uh, you know. Just, just keep it rolling. There's a lot it. of things we want, but I know they're not, not going to give us. I know there's a lot of things we can. Yeah, <laughs> we can uh, check all those boxes. They're just not going to do it. Well, at least what Brian Fuller was saying, there are things. At least because they won't be on TV. I mean, it's not his choice, but it, because it's not going to be on TV, he can go and do a little bit more than he would have been allowed to do because of how TV is. You know, like okay, you have to worry about the rating so much. Like you can't. The, you know, the R rating or whatever, the mature rating, you, you can't do certain things because you're on TV at certain times of the day or whatever. But being that it's not going to be, he's not, it's not that option, he can do, uh, they don't have that option to be on TV, he can actually do a little bit more and push the envelope a little bit more than uh, before. Okay, cool. All right, guys, what's going to wrap up uh, this uh, installment of our special Star Trek retrospective podcast series? Um, which one do you guys want to do next? I, I'm thinking DS9 because I'm itching to do it, but you want to do the movies first? I mean, it's up to you. I, I'll leave it up to you guys. Uh, you can go I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for DS9. I'm pumped for DS9, too. So if you want to just jump right ahead to DS9, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, so we'll do that. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can organize this again. And, again, leading all this is leading up to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, which is going to be, I believe, in this September. There's going to be a big yeah. celebration about that in, in Las Vegas. So, um... It should be a lot of fun. So, guys, yeah. I really appreciate you joining us, and um, thanks for being a part of this. Now, if you want to share where else you can be heard, Daryl, I know you're doing some, some other Star Trek podcasts out there as well, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, me and uh, and uh, buddy uh, J.K. Woodward, who is an artist who's working for Paramount right now with, in CBS, uh, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and he'll have two projects, uh, comics coming out. He does a painted comics uh That'll be coming out with Star Trek. Um, but you can actually get the Star Trek City on the Edge of Forever now. It's collected uh, and available. Um, and it's done by him. And they took the original script from Harlan Ellison and, and made it into a comic. It's the original story, the way that he wanted to tell it. So, uh, But it's, it's uh, me and him. It's called Go Trek Yourself. And it's uh, we'll be discussing the show when it starts. But we'll also be getting into... Uh, the comics, the TV, we'll have some special guests, hopefully some people that work, uh, that'll be working on the new show. Um, Excellent. And, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, stuff will come. I'm sure all of you guys will, will be a guest at least a couple times before uh, the show starts yes, in January. I want in on that discussion. Go Trek yourself. Check it out, folks. And definitely, I think we all want in on that one. It sounds like a lot of fun. So good stuff. And then, uh, Jim, you're still doing the DC TV stuff and uh, keeping busy with that? Yeah, DC TV podcast. Uh, we uh, we have a special uh, Aaron Newarth from Out Now is going to be on this week to talk about uh, the Killing Joke and the finale of Preacher, and right. we're still doing our uh, Justice League TV club as well. He so. beat up the Killing Joke a little. Did you see his review? He gave it a little, gave it a little black eye. Uh, wasn't wasn't real happy with it either. So what the review or the, or the movie? The movie. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. All right, I'm just I'm just going by Aaron's review. I haven't seen it yet either. But uh, yeah, he, he gave it a little bit of a black eye. All right. Uh, Richard, how about you? You still doing DC, and what else are you up to these days? DC TV, WDTV, uh, Star Trek stuff, and whatever else people have me on. That's great, and we got The Walking Dead starting up again, guys. I hope you're ready for that. We got Fear the Walking Dead in just what two weeks from now, or three weeks, I guess, starting up. 
Wow. And I am so excited. Uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Did I sell that? Do you know? Was that convincing? Hold on, you saw the no. trailer. Well, you guys talked about it without me. You guys had the show. I, I couldn't make it this week. <laughs> you look pretty good. The second half trailer, right? It looks like it has potential, but you know, so did well, they the give trailer, trailer. For the first season. They give good trailer. They give you good trailer. Uh, give, give them credit. Yeah. All you right. can also check out Daryl and uh, Donnie Salvo and myself on Nothing's On. Oh, yeah. Channel Network a podcast. We just yeah. recorded a giant sized, uh, annual sized, uh, treasury sized episode. So, yeah, covering all the San Diego and, and All the San Diego stuff. The same price that they do for regular size issues. Oh, nice. That's true. Yeah, good, well, good value. Yeah. Still only 35 cents. Yeah. <laughs> well, while you guys have been talking all the comic, I've been doing the auto chat show uh, religiously, testing new automobiles tirelessly for the world out there. So we have been very busy. In fact, we got the Camaro and Mustang. We have a double shootout coming very soon. The uh, F-150 is actually coming next week. So some things from America finally coming there for the summertime. It should be a lot of fun. Me and my co-host Teddy have a lot of... Uh, a lot of adventures, uh, talking about cars. Even if you're not into cars, it's a great show just to have a few laughs. Autochatshow.com, facebook.com, forward slash autochatshow, and that's where you can find me. When we're not talking Star Trek or The Walking Dead or other stuff with you guys. So, Well, listen, folks, thanks for listening. We're going to do, by popular demand, Deep Space Nine. That's the next one. So we'll organize it in a couple of weeks. And I think this format worked pretty good. You guys agree with we'll the, the top five? Is that good? Can oh, you... I had a blast. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do that. I'll, I'll work in some trivia. I guess I'll have to make the trivia a little easier for you guys. I'll have to dial it back a little bit. Was that a little too hard? Or, oh, you uh... just, you just yeah. hurt me well, now. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm, my mind's not what it used to be from all the drugs I did. You just did a delicate us. I did, I, so I, listen, yeah. listen, guys. Get it, get it done. Get it done. <laughs> get it, go to the planet. Get it done. Jarok <laughs> and Tanagra <laughs> at the Alzheimer's Clinic. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> I had a blast. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening.